Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cripps, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns! For the Burning River Sportscast. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's almost like Dickens himself was a Browns fan. Oh, no! We suck again! Because just like that, folks, the hell ride is over. What appeared to be promising circumstances for our battle-tested Browns heading into the postseason turned out to be the end of the line. Hopes and dreams upended by rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and just a pitiful effort from Cleveland across all three phases of the game. We knew things would look different with Stroud in the lineup, but no one anticipated being absolutely boat raced and demoralized by this young Texan squad. With the season coined a success for even making the playoffs regarding the circumstances, your head coach still likely the coach of the year, and your defensive leader still a front runner for defensive player of the year, the outlook heading into next year somehow still seems bleak. What do we do from here? How do we balance the joy of this season's unlikely success with the devastation that we experienced in the playoffs? And where do the Browns go from here to remain a top contender in the AFC next year and beyond? That feels like a question we'll spend all offseason asking and not one to be answered in full anytime soon. But have no fear because we'll break it all down for you next on the Burning River Sportscast. Like on so many occasions, Indianapolis game, San Francisco game, you know, where we somehow pulled those out of our butt and won the game. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I can't uh, swear. He almost went there. Bone can't swear. Everybody in Carolina's front office right now, oh like, God. just punch yourself in the face. The nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Especially just in the nuts. Repeatedly, repeatedly punch yourself in the nuts. In the nuts. <laughs> I believe. I have believed. I believe. What I, I believe that Nick will play. I believe that Nick will play. I believe that Nick will play. You can shit in one hand and yeah. shit in the other. You got shit in both hands. You got so much <laughs> shit in your hands. These just seemed like two weird, um, two weird releases. I mean, three. Uh, but even the tight ends coach, like yeah. Njoku, had, had one of the best year. years of his career. So yeah. and was on fire for the last five weeks. No, don't say he was on fire. <laughs> uh, Shit, uh, <laughs> I'm so canceled. Uh, the innocence of children—they don't understand hating people for no reason. <laughs> uh, Stay with me for a second. <laughs> okay, she's gonna take us on a ride. Let's go. Kevin Stefanski gets fired. Bill Belichick gets hired by the Browns. It comes full circle, baby. 
I don't, love it. I don't think it's going to happen. Love it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to We just talked about Kevin Stefanski's probably going to win coach of the year. <laughs> like, this is not the year they're going to fire him. Mm. If it would have been after last year, I probably would have been with you. How many opportunities do you have a, uh, to hire Bill Belichick in your life? Yeah, but then what and if we he, did it once and screwed up already? But what we if should he di- probably fix that mistake? We just talked about how old he is. What if he dies next year? What if he puts in place a succession plan? He's got kids. <laughs> I don't give a about your kids. I know at least one other person Day that shares my birthday. It's not special. Yeah. She went to school with us. Uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah I kissed her in such great. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Welcome in to the Burning River Sportscast presented by Tappan Media and brought to you by Seaside Events as the official cruise event provider of the Cleveland Browns and organizer of the Browns Fan Cruise. I'm Kenny Thunder, joined as always by the original crocodile hunter, Red Hot Ronnie Jams. And on the board today, the world's only hope to fight the incoming artificial intelligence insurrection, the big bone man bone. How do you plan to fight back against the machines? Uh, I've been watching Terminator lately, so I've been taking notes, and my plan is to uh, go back in time and defeat him before it begins. <laughs> I like that. Well thought out. <laughs> back to Red Hot. Where are kind of listeners? Wait, where oh. are you going to get the time travel uh, device to do this? Do you ever see Back to the Future? Yeah. Doc Brown? Oh, we're going. Uh, okay. Yep. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. He was talking about Terminator. You're talking about Back to the Future, but we're going to make Back it. Back to you. Sure. Uh, what's up? Where can our listeners find our exclusive interviews with Browns backers and former Cleveland Browns players in preparation for what is going to be the nautical event of the year put on by Seaside Events as we swim in shark infested waters and eat three day old microwave scrambled eggs? Uh, just kidding. That's my Browns depression speaking. While the ocean does contain sharks, we probably won't see any. Probably. And the food is said to be top notch. There's nothing better than sharks in the ocean. <laughs> nothing better than seeing them, that's for sure. Uh, Unless you're in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. I'm talking to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podcast, Castro, Good Pods, and so many more. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, the only place that you can find our video podcast and the video version of all of those interviews that you just spoke about. Uh, and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Our handle for all of those socials, including YouTube, is at Burning River Sportscast. And we are on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, as well. With the handle at Burning River Pod. And while you're at it, check out our merchandise, www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. We got all kinds of stuff in the shop. Cruise line, chub line, cold weather gear. It's all here. And you really need that. It's really cold in Ohio right now. It's so cold. Uh, so make sure you check that out. We constantly add more. Um, I think there's more coming now. I guess I got some stuff planned. Um, I need you to give me a blanket. Just I can do that. Cover I think there's here. actually already one in there, just so you know. Excellent. Um, and just like that, as Kenny mentioned, all our hopes and, dr- and dreams received a pile drive straight to hell. Like, <laughs> it was just over. The Browns were unceremoniously manhandled by C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. And this one hurt. Uh, I, could, I could feel it in your opening. Usually you've got so much energy, and it, and it was not all there. I tried. I tried. You, you gave it your all. Uh, but all good things uh, must come to an end, and despite the improbable finish to the regular season that the Browns had, eventually this was all going to catch up with them. The injuries, the adversity, everything was going to catch up. Uh, but we, we choose to remain optimistic, or I do anyway. I can't speak for my co-host here, uh, who tends to be the ultimate pessimist when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, or as he would call it, the ultimate, ultimate realist. Um, but because there is still a lot to look forward to with this team next year, despite what you may say, um, I, I'd like to remain positive. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that here soon. Uh, but so what do we have planned for today's show? Today we've got the wild card week recap of the abysmal showing against the Texans. 
Uh, no alumni interviews, as you mentioned. We've got one left that we're going to work on getting to you guys in these next couple weeks before the fan cruise here. Um, and also no interviews with, uh, with Browns backers today um, because the season's over. The season's over. <laughs> so we only do that during the season. Um, you know, we may have a random one here or there in the offseason just to talk about things that are happening. Uh, but for the most part, the Browns backers interviews are reserved for the season. Because um, we follow the team. Yeah, we follow the team. We, we Browns backers in or around the city that they're playing. The bus is officially put away yeah it's put away we're, we're at home uh we're, we're at home and finally uh we'll round out the show with the nfl divisional round preview for the rest of the league that is uh because as we just mentioned the browns are now on their couches with the rest of us um so a little bit more somber than recent weeks uh but we're still going to do what we do and entertain the living hell out of you so put your shades on because we're about to light your ass up let's kick things off the right way with the burning river news story Story of of the the week all right so this week it was leaked that the release date for NCAA 2024 is July 12th of 2024. Uh, that's right. NCAA football is back after a 10-year hiatus. Kenny, I know you're a big Madden guy. So how pumped are you? Um, I'm a big Madden guy, so I'm not that pumped, I you're guess. not that turn. Uh, but no, I, look. <laughs> you, I, you didn't miss NCAA like a lot of people did? <laughs> I know this is uh, the game that most sports fans have been clamoring about forever. Uh, the last Ten years. The last iteration was NCAA 14. Um, and I know people that literally still play it. I've, I've like I get streams. The graphics are awful. I get streams of people playing it on like Twitch, um, like on my Facebook yeah, timeline. Like, this is all we could do because there's no new because ones. There's no new ones. They like still play that. Um, look, I will say as far as like if you do play Madden, it was cool to be able to import your um, NCAA like. Uh, like That's where it all roster, went south. Though. Rosters and stuff from for the draft. That's where it all went south is because they're like, this is getting too real and you're using our, our image and likeness, but uh, not oh, paying yeah. us, and that's where it started to get too real. For sure. But, <laughs> um, but look, I know that it sounds like a lot of the, the primary modes, like uh, Dynasty mode and Road to, Road to Glory and stuff, they'll be back. Um, just college football is just one of those games that, um, because there's so much pageantry in college football, like the, the bands and the music, like I think that's what people love about it. Yeah. So it's been a long time yeah. to not have that. Well, that's for, just, uh, just I think fans. college in general, like that's what the whole college thing is. Look, this NFL clearly has a superior product, and people can argue that all they want, but it's, <clears throat> I mean, it is. They're, the players are better. They're bigger, faster, stronger, better. And everything's better. There was something to the fact that, like, there's 114 or whatever, like Division One FBS schools or FCS schools or whatever. So they had stadium renderings for all these. So like when you play Madden, you get your 32 stadiums and that's it. So like it, there was something that was cool go about everywhere. going to like the University of and they, they included like all of their like I was just saying traditions and everything else. Like yeah, their like, band does this. This band like does you can this. Go, the, you can have Akron and Kent playing yeah. for the wagon wheel and stuff. Like that's that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, so well now, I mean, this. I'm just, excited it's back. This just helps uh, players too, because I I would think that because they're doing four rosters, they they kind of have to be. Um, I assume that everybody's at least getting a little piece of the pie, right? Because you got to pay them for their image and likeness now. I would think so, and these things are huge money makers. I mean, Madden every year, even though it's just kind of a reskin of a game, still sells millions of copies. So right, um, this thing's going to be a huge money maker. What a um, I do know that <laughs> EA, EA Sports was quick to come out and clarify that July 12th may not be the official release date. Well, that's because um, they were mad that it was leaked. They'll probably change it to like July 13th. 
Yeah, my oh, birthday. Oh, that's a good day. Oh, yeah. nice. Um, so, Except I don't respect you, so I'll never we'll tell see. you happy they, birthday. They did, they did confirm it's coming out this summer, but they were quick to be like, we didn't release a specific date yet. When's the last time I wished you happy birthday? Uh, we haven't wished each other happy birthday in a long time because of our lack of respect for each other. Yeah, I don't respect you at all, so I'll never I'll never say it. Usually what I tell you is, <laughs> I would wish you happy birthday, but I don't respect you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I feel the same way. Um, yeah. Bone, though. I, I respect him. I respect Bone. I usually tell Me him. Me and Bone almost share a birthday. It's very close. I usually yeah. tell him. It's it's kind of funny. I tell Bone happy birthday every year, and the very next day he turns around and tells me happy birthday. Yeah, it's it's a good reminder to tell him happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Bones is actually a good reminder for me to not wish you a happy birthday. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Like, You're, I know, I know. Ronnie's is like right after Bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not going to wish him a happy birthday. Thank you. But I usually will text you like the day after and be like, just so you know, I didn't wish you happy birthday on purpose again this year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sometimes I just pretend to you like I didn't even realize it was your birthday. I always know. I'll give you that. Yeah. I always know. But I, you remember the one time we went to Cheesecake Factory? I was like, oh, it's your birthday? <laughs> it is harder to remember birthdays than it used to be, though. That's true. I don't know how we got from NCAA to birthdays. <laughs> but uh, with that, let's talk about the wild card recap. Super wild card week. Let's talk about the Super Wild Card Week recap. <laughs> all right, we all know how this one ended. The Cleveland Browns went down to Houston, and the magic finally ran out as they had no answer for the Texans in this absolute blowout loss. Uh, the Browns lost 45-14. to This game was painful. This game was sad and depressing and sad and deflating and sad. And I was pretty sad. You know what the problem was? <laughs> they played so well down the stretch that they gave so us well. expectations and hope. Those sons yeah. of bitches. We should never. Like we've never had before. We should never yeah. have expectations. That was the yes. problem. You can't trust Cleveland with know. expectations. And how, hope. Many, how many times are we going to do this and not learn? To just not. It felt different, man. Not buy into Blindsided. it. Blindsided. It felt <laughs> different. <laughs> it felt different. And it wasn't different. It was the same. It, it, was, was, it was just as bad as it's ever it been. Just as bad as it's ever been. I mean, truthfully, you like. We were a few days removed from it now. So. It might even be worse because we did have hopes and expectations. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> it feels ones, so bad. We had like legitimate hope that this was going to be that, a deep playoff run. And don't get me wrong, I do tend to be on the side of of what most people are saying as far as like I still. F- I feel good about the season because I was like, yeah, I mean, it especially... A, it was a fun I season. remember how I felt when Nick Chubb went down in week two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or was it week three? Whatever whatever two. week it was, two or three. Um, and I was like, damn it, our season's over, and it literally just started. So for us to be here now, like, yeah, I agree. This was a fantastic season. It was a lot of fun to watch it, uh, a lot of fun to be a part of it and cover it all, week, all season long. Um but at the same time, my heart hurts so bad right now because there were yeah. those those hopes and expectations. And and realistically, looking at it now, like I said, we're a couple of days removed. We probably shouldn't have had that much hope it, and expectations. No, it was kind of like the best analogy I can kind of think of is like, you know when you're driving your car and your gas light comes on and you're like, mm, I should be able to make it a little while longer. Like that's what the Browns were for the last like four weeks. It was like the gas light was on and we just kept driving and like every, every mile we got, we were like, Oh, we got this. We can get this far. We'll keep going. We keep like eventually the car runs out of gas. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what this was like. You gave it everything that you had. You had everything stacked against you, and this team overachieved all year long. And at some point, emotionally, physically, 
you're just out of out of game. I mean, that team looked lethargic and yeah. sad and slow. The defense, which has been um, great all year, was letting we'll, guys we'll get, get behind there. them. I mean, it was just ev- yeah, we'll, we'll, everything. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah, and we're gonna cover it all right now. So. It- it almost felt like the entire year, those, like we said before, the things that normally did go wrong for the Browns didn't this year. Like on the so other, many occasions, Indianapolis game, San Francisco game, you know, where we somehow pulled those out of our butt and won the game. I, can't, butt. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And, I can't uh, swear. He almost went there. And, Bone uh, can't swear. Yeah, and just so many things went right for The dude's for name us. is Boner, and, and he can't swear. <laughs> but, in, and like Kenny said, the, the last five weeks of the season were so good. Oh and man! Just your hopes, just man. My hopes are skyrocketed. I mean, you could hear probably in last week's podcast, and it's just like, man, they were shattered. I mean, Bone had his hopes. So, Bone's hopes were so high, he almost he almost didn't even care that Dustin Hopkins wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, but the thing was, like, it wasn't just us, right? Like, you turn everybody. On, right? You turn on yeah. ESPN. They had the, the world believing, and everybody was high on the Brown. Like, and it is funny because again, you said we're a couple days removed now, and, and you listen to everybody collectively now, and they're like, yeah, we had we had no reason to be. As excited, or <laughs> like, what were yeah. we thinking? Right, like it, we're we're still Cleveland, and ev- our entire team was hurt. Like, why did we think this was going to end any differently? But even with that said, though, I feel like we still we still could have that hope. Looking back, just because how good the defense played. Yeah. But then, and, well, I don't know if anybody looked at the numbers like on the road, our defense on the road, and how awful. how oh, night and day it was. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't I ever recognize this during the season? Right. You know, because yeah, we, we were still winning we're somewhat. Because we're Browns somewhat, fans, we but, needed we yeah, needed a home game to have a chance. Yeah. Well, and just the way Joe Flacco played down the stretch. I mean, they they the offense was so fun to watch, and it was so so powerful and high octane, and it was like they could do no wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, even when he did wrong, he came back right after that, and he did he did right again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just didn't happen in this one. But we'll start as we always do with the Houston Texans. Our with well with our opponent this week, the Houston Texans. Um, on offense, uh, we didn't see him last time, but we did this time. C.J. Stroud, sixteen of twenty-one for two hundred seventy-four yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, he was damn near perfect. Kid is special. Uh, he's really he's good. Really he made good. some throws where um, I was just like, what insane. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean the, the touch they that that little when he's getting like tackled but he just recognizes that I can make this lazy throw out into the flats because nobody's covering right, right. there and it, it when you see it you're like oh my god that's getting picked off but then if you see the other views of the field and you're like oh he recognized that there's literally not a defender in that area and he just threw it up for grabs to his guy to catch up to and to that point I think that's what was so impressive was that. This kid doesn't press at all. He takes takes what the defense no. gives him and finds the open guy. I mean, he he's he's at that level where he can see. Okay, I've got. Um, you know, I know these guys should be covered. Like this is where the ball should go. And he just he's, he's not forcing anything. He's not trying to make a play. He's not trying to be a hero ball. It's just. Well, and I'll tell you this: reacting it, to the defense. It's it's hard to say that somebody's a steal when they're the number two pick in the draft. But C.J. Stroud was an absolute steal. I the mean, fact that they if got you're him in Carolina's front office right now, oh my like, God. just punch yourself in the face and nuts, yeah. nuts, especially just in the nuts. Repeatedly, repeatedly punch yourself in the nuts. In the nuts. <laughs> any, uh, they already fired their coach, right, Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Mid season. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad they. But are. their GM is still there, correct? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a Carolina yeah, fan, yeah, so you know I. We are covering the Browns, but sure. you know yeah. uh, we don't claim to be experts on any other team on this show. <laughs> um, um, but but yeah, I mean they're they're trash and and uh, their quarterback. While Bryce Young, I don't think he was terrible. He wasn't good like C.J. Stroud. No, 
Like nowhere near what CJ Stroud was. No. So, not even close. So um, Next up here for the Texans, though, Devin Singletary, 13 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown, three catches for four yards. Uh, I mean, he was carving us up pretty good when he got the, the ball. The thing yeah. was, it was just poor tackling. Like, yeah. we haven't seen that all year, you know? It's like the only guy that can make a tackle was JOK, and he made a few of them, but he couldn't make all of them. Yeah, that's that's the most disappointing part. We're going to talk about JOK a few times in this episode. Um, next up, Nico Collins, six receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Dude, dude absolutely torched us all day. Like, every time they needed a big play, it was Nico Collins. Um, and I know, and we'll get to them in a minute, uh, I know Newsom and, and Denzel Ward both came out and said, yeah, we didn't show up in this one. Well, first of all, you picked a great time not to show up. Yeah. Um, but second, like, Nico Collins made them look like like mm-hmm. they were trash. Like, they weren't good at all. No, they weren't. And we just talked about this. This was like the strength of our team. We were, we were going against them with one of the best parts of our team was our, our secondary and our, our pass defense, and they absolutely shit all over us. Um, it was bad. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked like Michael Irvin out there. <laughs> so stupid. And, and the, I will say this, too, that, you know, I said C.J. Stroud, 16 of 21, 274 yards, three touchdowns. That's basically in like two and a half quarters. Like, because they oh, just, yeah. they just, game was over they just right stopped doing anything that he would be racking up yards after that. Right. Um, next up here, Brevin Jordan, one reception for 76 yards and a touchdown. And this was the worst tackling I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and then there was no pursuit by any of the DBs. Well, that was my biggest thing is, <laughs> and I said that starting, I said that literally made a point to say that early in the season that the pursuit angles that our defense was taking to the ball. On even a busted play, were so good that even a bad play wasn't a big play. Yeah, I, there was just no was apparently nobody in pursuit on that play. No, he, was, he just he was gone. He was just gone, and it's a tight end. That's a tight end. Yeah, I mean, you tell me that none of these guys that run four three in a forty could catch that guy. Like, so bad. Come on, I know Brevin Jordan's an athletic tight end, but uh, and here's here's how you know that the secondary played bad. John Mechie the third, whoever <laughs> that guy is, uh, three catches for forty four yards, and then uh, that's an end around. Yeah, and then. Uh, uh, Dalton Schultz uh, rounds out with one reception for 37 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, you can kind of see it here. The uh, the overall theme, the overarching theme with uh, the passing game for the Houston Texans, big plays. And taking care of the ball. Yeah. I mean, that's what's amazing about it is because CJ can throw the ball deep when he has to, but he does not put the ball in harm's way. So, in, in CJ Stroud, uh, we mentioned it last week, uh, the probable rookie of the year. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. Well, they also have the probable defensive rookie of the year in Will Anderson uh, at at defensive end. Um, and their defense as a whole in this one, four sacks, two turnovers for, forced. Uh, those were both interceptions, and both of them were t- returned for touchdowns. Um, their defense played very well, and it was a completely different unit with these guys healthy. So yeah. um, it just, I mean... Their defense looked pretty good. Uh, obviously, we were pressing in the se- second half to try and catch up, but, I mean... Night and day from what we saw the first time. Yeah, I think um, their defense was able to get pressure. Um, we couldn't run the ball. No, um, no, 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 no. And they were getting to, to Flacco. So we haven't been able to run the um, ball since week two. Yeah, just just ugly across the board. Uh, real quick, just for comparison's sake, because just because we were shitting all over the, the Panthers. Bryce Young finished the year at twenty eight seventy seven total yards, um, less than sixty percent completions, eleven touchdowns, ten picks. Not good. So not good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. I take it back. He was ass. He was, <laughs> he was absolute ass. He was so bad. 
Um, <laughs> rounding things out for the Texans, special teams, Evan McPherson. Uh, that's not their kicker. Uh, Kaime <laughs> Fairbairn, uh, one of one field goals, six of six for his six of six for his extra. Anytime points. you have six extra points in a game, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take this thing over to the Cleveland side of the, of the ball. Um, on offense, we got Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was Joe Flacco. I mean, obviously he threw the two picks for uh, the two pick sixes, but he was 34 of 46 for 307 yards. And even before that, we were down two scores already. Yep. So, yep. Um, because our defense was ass, which we'll get to. Was so bad. So, Joe Flacco didn't play terrible in this game, but they certainly. I think threw it more than they wanted to. I mean, you don't you don't plan on throwing it forty six times. No. Um, and well, as far as his his uh, like completion percentage was actually way higher than it usually is. Well, yeah, I mean, he completed a lot of balls. Um, still threw for three hundred yards. <laughs> still threw three hundred. He, he averaged while he played for the Cleveland Browns well over three hundred yards. A game. It just turns mm-hmm. that those those picks came the pick sixes came back to back. I mean, yes, yeah. that's, that's it was unusual. Well, and that's why I mean I think that was the only knock on him. I think most people realize like this game wasn't his fault, but. I mean, that was the nail in the coffin. Like, as soon yeah. as that happened, it's like, you okay, I, we I, had a sliver of hope, and now we have no hope. I saw enough um, Joe Flacco hate, like, on, on social media after this game. It's like, if you're blaming Joe Flacco for this, like... Did you not watch the first get, half? Get a life. Like, you're not, right. you're not even a football fan. You don't know dick about football. So, like, why are you even talking <laughs> like about Like, the game it? was basically over at halftime, and he's doing everything he can to try and bring him back. And were they yeah. bad decisions and, and not the most difficult throws? Probably. But you're also just trying to, like, you're just getting throw after throw, trying to go down the field as quickly as you can to try and get back in the game. Well, yeah, so. and, 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 and not only could you strategically you wouldn't want to run the ball. You couldn't run the ball even if you wanted to. Well, and at that point, the other, the other thing that you don't <clears> – that people don't realize is at that point their defense is playing with reckless abandon because right. they're so far ahead that they're like, we're going to jump every single route. Yep. So they, they were gambling on every play um, and they were able to do things that a defense typically wouldn't do because they have to make sure that they're keeping everything in front of them. Right. Uh, I mean, if they gave up a touchdown, a long touchdown there, okay, they're still up three scores. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can gamble a lot more when, when no, you're up to nobody three cares scores, for sure. Um, you, you know they're throwing the ball too, so that takes a little bit out of the game. So it's just, right. exactly, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't put so, this yeah. on Joe Flacco at all. Look, and and just to be fair again, just to Joe, just a tremendous end of the season, tremendous run. Wouldn't have got there without him. PJ Walker wasn't going four no and one down the stretch. <laughs> like he played, he this dude balled out for this team. Um, I hope that they find a way to maybe offer him a backup deal um, and bring him back with the Sean yeah, next well, year. I'm sure we'll get into that. Probably not in this episode, but we will get into that eventually because they got a lot of tough decisions to make as far as how they're going to round out this team around <laughs> the the core players next year. Um, but next up here, running backs for the Browns. Uh, we, we were kind of right. We got a much bigger dose of Kareem Hunt than we typically do. Um, eight carries, 26 yards, one touchdown, five receptions for nine yards and a touchdown. So he scored the only two touchdowns for the Browns, which was good to see. Um, that dude scored a lot of touchdowns for us this year. Yeah, he He's did. another guy that came off the couch, right? I mean, he wasn't yeah. in training camp. We called him in after Nick Chubb went down. And, I mean, that dude scored, I think, 13 touchdowns for us during the season. And <laughs> he did say this week that he's open to coming back. He said he's going to explore free agency. But I, I'm willing to bet if free agency is going to look a lot like it did last year for him. There's not going to be a lot of calls. Yeah. Um, and so – I do think that he likes being here in Cleveland. Sure, so if, if they even if, even if they just match it, like if they say, okay, we're going to give you one year for like three million or whatever, the, I mean, whatever the deal ends up being, he's going to be like, okay, I'll go back to Cleveland. The mm-hmm. thing is, you have to have a running back 
Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, especially um, to start the season, you know, Nick Chubb's not going to be healthy until probably a quarter of the way through the season or so. I don't see that. He'll be, he'll be right ah. for one. Uh, that's what they. I mean, they is all along. It's Nick been, Chubb. All along, they've been saying it's he's going to miss the start of next Aaron season. Rogers yeah, he needs can, to call Aaron. If Aaron Rodgers can heal a busted Achilles in in less than six I still, weeks, <laughs> I still think it was a myth. He, he never saw the field. I think it was a myth. It was all publicity. I believe. I have believed. I believe Nick Chubb. What I, I believe that Nick will play. I believe that Nick will play. I believe that Nick will play. What I'm worried about is. Nick Chubb's effectiveness when he comes back. Yeah, uh, which again, topics for the off season here. That's that's like a whole episode that we could talk about. Um, next up here, though, Jerome Ford did not disappoint. Nine carries for seventeen yards, <laughs> uh, uh, less than two less yards than two a carry yards, this week. Yeah. So good job there. Uh, four receptions for fifteen yards. And again, I just don't understand. Like he's not the guy. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with him being one of the backs in the rotation where he's doing most. He's getting mostly like catches out of the backfield and things like that. But I mean, he's just, he's just a he's a jag. He's, he's just, just a, guy. a guy. Yeah. No. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I mean, the thing is, he's a draft pick. He's a buried draft pick, so yep. he's going to be around for a minute. But yep. but I literally think he's interchangeable with ninety percent of backs in the league. I agree. I mean. I agree, and I hate to say that because I like Jerome Ford. I mean, he's, uh, you know, you grow to like seems all like these a, players seems on the like team, a good but, dude, yeah. but it's, <laughs> he just isn't isn't anything special. Um, wide receivers here: David Njoku had a day again, seven receptions for ninety three yards. Uh, we had a lot of uncharacteristic drops in this game too, yeah, including some by Njoku. Well, he also got tackled. Uh, before he was able to catch the ball one time. True, so. that was the first big momentum shift in the game, too. <laughs> yeah, he, we, we, we were, were driving, we were doing just fine, and then he got tackled we and nobody called it. keeping pace with them on offense, and then that was one of the most egregious P.I. calls, that, that no call. And it was on a third and long, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a third mm-hmm. third, third down conversion, and like the, the line judge was standing right there. Oh, the, I don't know the, how you the, the screenshot of him standing directly behind Najoku and looking straight through the guy tackling tackle him while the ball's before, in the the ball, before the ball gets there, and not throwing a flag is just ridiculous. Dude, I'm all for AI officiating. I'm here for it. Like, yeah. Put these guys out of work. They suck ass. Yeah. Uh, next up, Harrison Bryant. The First of all, it's not never good when your top uh, receivers are the, are the tight, end. <laughs> tight end. That's not necessarily a problem, but then the backup tight end is your next top receiver. <laughs> so uh, four receptions for 65 yards. Um, Amari Cooper, four receptions for 59 yards. Mar- was- Amari Cooper did uh, uh, aggravate that heel injury. Yeah, he, was, he was bothered by he the He was heel. babying that. Because he was having sure. a pretty good game before that happened. Yep. I think all, all four of his receptions may have come before that happened. That might have been his fourth reception, and then after that he disappeared. Yeah, he, he was. He got up slow on that one, and I don't think we saw him afterwards. Yep, and then uh, a, a good sign going forward as far as wide receiver depth because that is going to be a big issue in the offseason. Uh, David Bell, eight receptions for 54 yards. The 54 yards was not so great, but the eight receptions. Was <laughs> the Venus flytrap. <laughs> this guy knows. This guy knows. Look, I just, like, eight receptions for 50 yards. I, I, I'm already did that in four. Harrison. Well, if did, all you're being thrown are short stops because you're the, the third, fourth he's, wide receiver, like, what are you going to do? possession guy, I guess, but... Um, but I've seen I've seen better possession receivers. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on this guy long term yet. Yeah, we obviously we didn't get to see Cedric Tillman because he had had a concussion. So, um, but that'll take us over to the defensive side of the ball. Defense looked bad. They were really bad in this. Like really, really bad. Uh, we mentioned uh, Miles Garrett. You said at the top of the show, he's your probable defensive player of the year, at least top two. He's I at mean, least getting all the talk. Yeah, everybody's talking about him Everybody because he was is. the top player on the top defense, um, even though he doesn't. I'm a Browns fan. 
and Miles Garrett is one of my favorite players in the entire league, but the numbers do not back him up no. as far as defense player of the year. The He's, only thing that backs him up in the numbers is that he wins his matchup all the time. Yeah. But okay, I mean, how? I, yeah, that's making an impact by opening things up for other players and whatever. And I guess that you know because we've become so analytical as a, a fan base for well, the, for the NFL, like they take that into account. But I mean, it's literally become a, a meme now because just you have your, his stat line here, right? Three tackles, no sacks, no hurries, no hits, no passes defensed. But the meme is he has a ninety-eight point. Two grade in his matchups in that game <laughs> like, he did like no no it's just that's that's, that's oh, just yeah, been yeah. the meme like all week long it's like he didn't do anything in the game except for he won his matchup every time <laughs> like okay what does that do for you at the end of the day because it didn't do anything for this team to help them win like I get it he's a great player and he does the right thing every time yeah but at some point you've got to start making an impact in the game and and if you win nine you can win a hundred percent of the time if you have three tackles and you don't do anything else. To me, I'm like, well, where was this guy? Yeah, not, not looking like deep into the game, just a casual fan watching Miles. It looked like Tunsil manhandled him. Yeah, the whole right. game. Right. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't want to make this a big session bashing Miles Garrett. I still think he's a phenomenal player. Yeah, I think he's look, definitely yeah. the best defensive end in the league. I love but, Miles. I just find it fascinating that, and this is a regular season award, right? So the votes are cast on this thing, yeah. and so. Um, I just think it's fascinating that like he's still getting all the talk because for the last few weeks, all the all the weeks that Joe Flacco came out and looked great, Miles Garrett was almost invisible out well, there. Well, it's been since his shoulder injury, yeah. and that's not his fault. And it actually just came out today; he's been playing with a separated shoulder. Ouch. So, and we knew that something like that was going to come out, and it's, it'll probably come out about it some other players as well. But he's been playing with a separated shoulder, and I mean, that's I, I don't know. We ran another guy out of the out of town for playing with a separated shoulder and being ineffective. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, if you're if you're that hurt to where like you weren't making an impact in any of those games down the stretch. Like, what are we doing? Like, why don't you rest up and then hopefully be able to, like, if he would have rested up from the time that he hurt his shoulder, I just, would like, we have been able to win this playoff game? I just think like, that's what's disappointing. It's just like the bone just said, like, if you weren't, if you didn't watch the Browns religiously, yeah. and, and you you heard the names, you're like, oh, here they got Miles Garrett. Like, you turned this game on, you were expecting to see something. You didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. Like, Miles Garrett could be anybody to you. Yeah, like that, that's what was disappointing. Is like, like what you saw is he was an impressive have... specimen when he walked out on the <laughs> yeah, field. You're yeah. like, you're like, dang, that guy's probably Miles Garrett. And then he <laughs> didn't do anything the during the game. The... He had three tackles. So yeah. great. I don't know. I don't know. Um, next up here though, we got JOK. Uh, nine tackles, eight solo, four tackles for loss, and we're going to talk more about him shortly. Um, so, I mean, do you have anything quick to say about JOK? We'll come back to him. Um, I'll just say he like he was the lone bright spot on the defense yeah. during this game. I mean, it seemed like any time there was a play to be made, he was the one that made it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, besides JOK, though, I mean, nobody did anything of note in the front seven. Like, like anything, nothing. No sacks. We let the offense do whatever they wanted. It was just a bad, missed bad tackle, game. Missed tackles. Yeah, and I mean, that extends. It wasn't just the front seven either. That extends to the secondary. And we talked about him a little bit before. But I'm bringing that back because – Probably the worst game I've seen out of the secondary this year. And since they've been a unit, like as far as all those guys together in the secondary, it's probably the worst game I've seen out of them. Newsom was absolute ass. 
Um, dude got burned left and right. I think he was the one that got burned by a tight end on that uh, on the play that went for the 76-yard touchdown. Um, well, like, Ogbo was in coverage on him and just whiffed. Um, or no, Newsom was on Nico Collins, wasn't he, for uh, his touchdown? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it, either way, it was it was terrible. Uh, Denzel Ward didn't really do anything either. Uh, and like we mentioned before, there was no pursuit. Like, anytime somebody did get uh, even an, even like a crossing pattern where they got open a little bit, there's just, it's like everybody let him go. Well, and look, we we I agree, like, CJ Stroud is good, but if you're the top, one of the top rated defensive secondaries in the league, like that's well, what we talked do. about. It. PFF had had Martin Emerson as number one, which I didn't even hear. I, did Martin Emerson even play? He was on. The, he stayed on the bus. <laughs> um, and and Denzel Ward is number two, and we yeah. said I'm pretty sure Greg Newsom was top ten or top fifteen. Yeah, and none of them showed up. Like those, did, they, the, did they read those too much? They those decided, are the types of games that if you're one of the best, like you look forward to that. But you also know, like on the other side, he's good, but he's a rookie. And this dude completed 16 passes for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's an embarrassment. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I do, while I do like the fact that they came out and, and had accountability and said, you know, we didn't show up for this. That's not what we should, you know, whatever. What does that do for us? Like <laughs> nothing. We're still sitting at home. You can shit in one hand yeah. and shit in the other. You got shit in both hands. You got so much <laughs> shit in your hands. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it does nothing for us. Like, yeah, good for you, and it's a moral victory, I guess. But the moral victories actually win you anything? No. Um, so I, I don't know what happened with the secondary here. They were they were really really bad though. Um, and then the special teams. Riley Patterson didn't really get an opportunity, but he was two for two with his extra points. So good job, buddy. Um, um, there was a point where it was looking like he was going to kick a field goal and his helmet was off and he was kicking into the net and he looked so scared. <laughs> I was like, that poor guy. Don't worry, he didn't have to. <laughs> um, next up here, uh, we got the coaching for the Browns. And we are going to touch on this here because... Oh, real quick, what? too. Um, just thinking about this game. Um, we got the ball back on offense before half. <laughs> we kneeled it? With like a minute and a half left. And we just ran out the clock. And we accepted yeah, so we're losing pretty bad. So <laughs> what just, the hell was that? That, uh, that probably goes under coaching, so we'll get I, into yeah, that here. Yeah, I so guess. I just um, we'll start with we'll start with Stefanski. Uh, probably going to win Coach of the Year for the second time this year, and he deserves that again. Uh, regular season award. Yeah, he deserves that. What what he did with this team and all the injuries and adversity uh, this season was remarkable. Again, we had a lot of fun watching it. We had a lot of fun covering it. Um, very improbable. Nobody expected that. It was awesome. He deserves Coach of the Year for the regular season um however we do need to point out that yet again in a big game he was totally out coached and outclassed like not even like it made us look ridiculous and this time by a rookie qb and a rookie head coach um so i mean he's probably going to get an extension in the offseason um and that's probably earned i guess for as far as what his record is with the team and what he's done with with uh with all the adversity and all the injuries and everything, but to to further his legacy as a Cleveland Browns head coach, this dude is going to have to start winning some big games uh, and stop letting his team lay eggs at crucial points in the season. Because it wasn't, it's not just playoffs either. Like it seems like a lot of times we get into these big matchups with division rivals or whatever the case may be in the regular season, and all of a sudden we lose by thirty points, and we're like, "Well, <laughs> Baltimore earlier this year." Oops. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he just he he really needs to. Like I say, he's going to get his extension. He needs to step it up. He needs to show us more. I mean, you can't you can't lose to get games to Kenny Pickett and be taken seriously in this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, look, 
all this is, is probably true. He's probably going to get an extension. And I know that we've kind of laid off Stefanski this year because of all the adversity. Here's a couple things to keep in mind. Stefanski is 0-2. Super in, handsome, in so the, we can't fire him. He's 0-2 in the playoffs. Prefer was coaching the game that they won. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, it's fair, and that's where that goes with the big games thing that I was um, saying. Like he, we talked about this a little bit earlier in your year too, is like Stefanski seems to be at his best when things circumstances around him are the worst. This year, all the injuries hard to hard to like he he was he did a good job. Twenty twenty, the we got some hope and expectations, the, and the COVID year when things were weird, there were no fans in the stands, you couldn't practice, everything yep. was on Zoom. Yep. Did a great job. Um, but like all of a sudden, yeah, expectations and some hope. healthy things are looking and, good. And all of a sudden he can't coach his way out of a paper bag. I don't know what to do with that. Um, and it's like, he didn't have something to rally the team around. He, he, he needed something to rally the team around and he didn't have it. I, yeah. You can't explain what it is. And, and I, I look, I know he's not in charge of personnel decisions, but, um, I still have an issue with the way like he he couldn't get along with Baker um, and, and make that thing work. Well, yeah, you, you you're a Baker bro, so um, we know you love Baker. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, like, imagine if you had Baker right now on all the draft picks that you had. If we had Baker, he probably wouldn't be doing what he's doing in Tampa Bay. I think Baker needed to be humbled a little bit to to get where he is. I don't I don't think Baker's at the same spot if he stays in Cleveland. Whose fault is that? I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I don't think I don't think Baker's at the same spot if he if he doesn't if the look, things that happen in Cleveland didn't happen. My point is just like I think that that was handled poorly. Okay, and, that's fair. And I would hate to see more talent come through this team that is handled poorly um, from a guy that's never won a playoff game here um, and really only seems to be able to get up and at him when everything is going wrong. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Uh, and and he didn't call timeout at the end of the first half. And, uh, yeah, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I think we had all three of them, didn't we? I think we did. I think we. Oh no, had no two we had we had one because I remember in the first half watching and I was like, we burned another timeout. So e- we, even we with gave one, they, we but had you had a, a minute and a half with a timeout, and you're in a game you're deep? losing. weren't we like on the five? How deep were we in our probably? I forget, no, but I thought they punted and we were at okay. like the twenty-two or something. Either so. way, I mean, it doesn't matter where we, we could have been at the one. Like we got Joe Flacco, who's got yeah. he could throw the ball a mile, and, and Houston's and, getting the ball at halftime. Right, so you so, got to try and make something happen. Right. I mean, points. what ended up happening is we we were able. I think we stopped him coming out of half, but then we that that's when the pick sixes happened, yeah. and and it didn't matter anyway. So, but even a field goal there before half. But imagine sure. how much Joe Flacco could have uh, calmed down if we had that if we had some points in the first half. We were a little bit closer. Well, yeah, if you had a field if you had a field, <laughs> a field momentum goal shift out of there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But we didn't. Um, next up, Jim Schwartz. Dude has been phenomenal all season long until this game. At the absolute worst possible time imaginable, uh, his defense decided that it just wasn't going to show up, literally at all. Uh, one of the few good things that came out of this game is actually because of this, though. Uh, the head coaching pursuit of Jim Schwartz is probably over, uh, or at least took a big hit uh, by the way the defense performed in this playoff game. And I'm thinking he'll be back next year. Yeah, I think um, look probably best case scenario for Jim Shores, right? Like he, yeah. we, I think we know what we have in him. We feel comfortable about the defense and where they're at for the most part. They were riddled with injuries too. Um, 
And now it kind of takes the heat off of like, eh, like you see what the Browns did in the playoffs? We probably don't want that guy. Yeah. Which is fine with me because I'll keep him. Yeah. I hope he's able to do what he did this year with the team next year. And I know it's something we'll talk about, but he's just, the depth isn't going to be as, as, uh, we're just not going to have it next year. So, um, at least like we do this year, unless they perform miracles in the off season that I don't know about. Uh, next up here though, Bubba Ventrone special teams didn't get like any opportunities. So I guess I don't have any complaints for him. <laughs> Good job, Bubba. He's coming back. He's coming back. Yeah. I will say the, um, coverage, kick coverage unit still seemed a little suspect to me with Damian Pierce back there, but to your point, it wasn't like there was a ton of returns. So yeah. Uh, overall total yards, Cleveland 324, Houston 356. First downs, Cleveland 18, Houston 14. Uh, time of possession, Cleveland 35-26, Houston 24-34. Penalties, Cleveland 4 for 32, Houston 3 for 20. And turnovers, Cleveland 2, Houston 0. Uh, obviously, this game was ugly. Um, it didn't go our way. Things felt bad throughout. I mean, you know, what? Are, overall, what are your guys' closing closing? thoughts on the game it just didn't feel like the game we were supposed to lose no Uh like we were like if we would have lost to baltimore Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah like i wouldn't have as much as i would have probably felt worse because it's baltimore i'd have been like yeah that makes sense right (laughs) like this didn't feel like from a a talent standpoint that even with all the injuries that this was a team that should have beat you that badly and that's why it hurt so bad because you had legitimate expectations if nothing else we should have at least been in the game you were you were you were probably the better team on the field and you got shit on beat in every every way you can say it don't get me afraid of it it wasn't even just that it was like it was also just all the 50-50 balls all the calls like you you didn't get a single thing to go your way that game I mean it was just like it felt real bad it was like a rain cloud was over them all day long Felt real bad. It's just you, you had those. We had like nice long offensive drives, you know, in the first half, and then it was just like then they scored on one play. You yeah, know, and it was just like <laughs> that's uh, exactly you, what happened. You know, and then you, we were texting each other, just like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, <laughs> we finally it, feel like we're getting something going, and then we yeah. get yeah, it just turns around real quick. I mean, like even that. after that first pick six, I was kind of like, "All right, we can still come back from this." Like, I the, agree. The, the ball, the, we're moving the ball, you yeah. know, and then the second one happened. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> well, goddamn, it's yeah. over. Uh-huh. Uh, no, but uh, Miles Garrett, uh, uh, in other Browns news here, Miles Garrett appears to call out the coaches after this loss, uh, which I did not like. Uh, no. You know, not to pile on Miles Garrett here, but uh, he said, quote, we got beat. We were outcoached, undermanned, and outgunned. Um, and so I have a couple things to say about this. It's never good calling out your coaches, and it seems like it's becoming a uh, like an end of the season, like we lost in the playoffs. I'm mad. I'm going to call out my coaches thing for Miles Garrett because he did it last year too. Um, maybe there's something to that, though. Maybe. Cl- Clowney said the same thing. Yeah. He's had a career year in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, there you go. So, uh, but the, the, so the other two things that he said that were undermanned and outgunned, and I, I, I really kind of took issue with this because we've been undermanned and outgunned all season, and yeah. we've won all season long. You've been a top defense all year long like that. Like, you've dominated all season long. Like, don't, don't start like, oh, well, we didn't have the personnel. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, who was really missing from that unit? That like wasn't there the last five weeks. Like nobody. Like the offense. You like Amari was banged up. Elijah War Moore was banged up. Uh, Cedric was banged up. Yeah. Um. Like you have both your tackles still were backups. Yep. I mean Miles played. Zadarius played. Dalvin played. Um. Your secondary. I mean I don't. I don't even know that you were missing anybody. Emerson played. 
Wordplay. Delpit. Delpit didn't end up suiting Delpit up. Delpit didn't play, yeah. That was it. But he hadn't played for the last few weeks because he had the great right. surgery. So, yeah, I just, don't, I just don't understand where this whole thing came from because, first of all, let's start with outcoached. You have the probable coach of the year, and you have the, uh, the – our defense was number one all season long. Yeah. Like, what do you mean outcoached? Um, do I think that Kevin Stefanski was out coached in this game? Absolutely, and I, I will admit that. But overall, like don't like don't put it on your coaches because your coaches have put you in a position to win all season long. Two undermanned and outgunned is just ridiculous when you've still been dominant. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, the whole defense should have been better in this. They had plenty of talent on the field. Yeah, and like you said, even even with all the injuries, they were probably the better team, and they just didn't show up. I mean, if you just said, if you just went person by person and you said, look at the Browns defense versus the Texans defense, like I'll take the Browns. I'll every take time. the Browns every time, even with the injuries. Yeah. So I, I just didn't like this, and I hope it's not becoming a trend. Uh, but like I said, he said it last year. Uh, last year it was Joe Woods. This year apparently it's Jim Schwartz. Like I don't. Hope he needs to. Um, not point the finger and just say, hey, I had three tackles <laughs> and no sacks and no QB hurries. He, he could have just stopped after we got beat. Yeah. Like I the, mean, that's the end of the story, just right? To, yeah, that's all it was. It wasn't our day. We didn't play as well as we should have. We and I feel beat. like that's that's that, that shows, like, teams have bad days. Yeah. Professional teams even have bad days. The number one defense in the NFL has bad days. And this was a bad day, and it was the worst time to have a bad day, I mean, but it was a bad day. Well, to be honest, the Super Wild Card weekend was full of teams that were having yeah. <laughs> some teams that had expectations that had some bad really days. bad games. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know. I just I, I didn't like that whole comment. But uh, next up here, uh, it's been reported that uh, as of today, offensive coordinator Scott Van Pelt has been fired. Uh, running back coach Stump Mitchell was also fired, and this one was super unpopular with the players, according to all the reports. Uh, they were not happy about this. Um, and as far as Stump Mitchell goes, I will say, outside of Nick Chubb, though, let's be honest, the other running backs didn't do anything. Um, is that his fault? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Stump's been there for a while, and he's had Nick Chubb and Kareem for a while. So, like, he had a he had a kind of a good one two punch. Does all it speak sudden, to how good Nick Chubb is, though? Is is does well, he look like a good running running backs coach because Nick well, Chubb's so good? Probably. I mean, I think it's really interesting. Like, okay, so like we've kind of washed away the wild card game now. We're starting to talk about off season. Um, yeah, we're going to come back to the wild card game here in a second. Like, uh, um, I I think it's really interesting that this was these were the moves that were made already because. Scott Van Pelt, for the most part, was an offensive coordinator in title only. Um, well, and so let's t- let's let's go ahead and talk about that for just a second. Does this mean that we're finally going to pivot and Kevin Stefanski's giving up play calling? Because that's been the gripe his entire tenure with the Browns. Is sure, that he's still he's still calling plays. And I've said that, but at the time that I was calling for Kevin to give up play calling, it was because our defense was not playing up to to par. Fair. Um, I do feel like the defense is playing way better under Jim Schwartz. Um, than it ever has um, since Stefanski's been the coach. So um, like, I think you're it, saying stay stay occupied with the offense and don't mess with the defense. Well, yeah, I kind of don't want Kevin's nose in the defense at this point. Um, but it's interesting of note either way because do they bring in somebody else that's a puppet like Van Pelt? Well, because um, again, or do they bring in a real offensive coordinator and say we want this person to have more of a say? Right, and you nailed it with the puppet comment because Kevin Stefanski handpicked Scott Van Pelt to to be his offensive coordinator, and I think that was the reason is because he's like, hey, Scott, yeah, you're, you're OC, but I'm gonna call all the plays and everything. Thing's going to run through me. But around the league, Kevin still has a really good reputation as a play caller. 
I mean, everybody that that is an offensive minded coach or analyst has said Kevin is a brilliant play caller. Yeah, we're going to run a couple end arounds. We're going <laughs> to uh, run some screens. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying what his reputation is around the league. Yeah. So it's it's almost hard for me to imagine that our front office now of all times after they made the playoffs is going to be like with 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 four different quarterbacks is going to be like. Well, if you're an offensive coordinator, that was maybe the difference here. And well, I think one of the weirdest things of this whole thing, like I, I figured, the other person that got let go, by the way, we won't leave him out. Tight end coach uh, T.C. McCartney, uh, he wasn't fired. He just won't be retained. His contract was up. So, uh, but anyways, I find it funny that with these reports, what came out was. They said, well, Kevin decided that he wanted to go in another direction. Like, I thought this would have been like an Andrew Barry directive where he was like, listen, you got to do something. You got to shake this thing up and whatever. But all the reports are that it was Kevin Stefanski's decision alone. And he was like, hey, we, well, we got to change things well, up. Well, we'll never know what the truth is to those politics anyway, even even if it was a Barry thing that said, hey, something's got to happen to make it look like we're taking, taking immediate action to correct ship. Um, but either way. Uh, these just seemed like two weird, um, two weird releases. I mean, three. Uh, I mean, even the tight ends coach, like, yeah, uh, I mean, Njoku had one of the best year. years of his career. So, yeah, and was on fire for the last five weeks. No, don't say he was on fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit, <laughs> I'm so canceled. Um, but anyways, yeah, I mean, the, I guess the only thing that's the, the only good thing to come out of all this is uh, it is being reported that Deuce Daly will be interviewing for the running backs uh, coach job. So, here's the thing too. Um, and we have a whole off season to talk about this, but sure. Nick, Nick Chubb's cap number is sixteen million dollars. Oh, they, they are. They, that's already become a, a hot button topic. Is that he's going to rework his deal and they're going to have to? He's going to have to take less money. I mean, bullshit. <laughs> Bones says absolutely not. I mean, I if, he, if he comes back and he's the best player on the field again, right. it's absolute bullshit, right? I just I mean, feel I, like you look at Nick Chubb and you're like, you know, what? we want you to take less money, and then he looks over at Deshaun. <laughs> And then he looks back at Andrew Barry. I mean, can you imagine that? So there's that? there's like, there's layers to this though, right? Because on the surface, Bones absolutely correct. Like no question about it, he's absolutely correct. Um, but then you look at like this past year, and they converted a big chunk of of Deshaun's to a to a bonus or he's whatever. Still got paid the money though, right? I mean, I agree, but it doesn't hit your salary cap, so then you're able to pay other. So right. do they do that again? And- well, but I think this is Bones' point, which is like I'm looking at Deshaun going. Like, you're not even a good guy. <laughs> right. I mean, I got hurt. I got hurt, but he also got hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, this is the and interesting 23 stuff. counts of sexual battery. <laughs> well, but, I, Bone, we weren't going to go there. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just love Nick Chubb. But I, I, just, <laughs> I will die for that, man. Even yeah. if it means throwing every other Cleveland Brown under the bus, I will die for Nick Chubb. <laughs> but on a serious note, look, I think... Uh, like, could this could this spell the end of Nick Chubb in Cleveland? I like, mean, yeah. If they if they ask him to take less money, it possibly could. could a move like this where they're going, hey, we saw how to win games this year without Nick Chubb as a bell cow back. We want to bring in a new a new coach that what, can do this better. What did we say? If if you can find the clip, you don't have to find it. But if you can find the clip, what did we say when Nick Chubb went down? The worst case scenario this year is the Browns go on a run and make the playoffs. Yeah, they win games without, without him. Nick Chubb because you've proven. And so maybe that's why you bring in new leadership in your running back room to say, okay, we really we're gonna have go young? to build that young by committee and see what that looks like. And Stump Mitchell's not the guy. Stump Mitchell's maybe the guy to coach Nick Chubb because he's he's used to coaching a bell cow back, and we know how that looks. But man, now I'm starting to get depressed uh, that the off season is here. 
Look, look what you've done to me. Yeah, I don't like this thought <laughs> yeah. process. Here. This is definitely something we're going to revisit. Just, just something to think um, about because it was it was when I saw those names that was the wow. first thing that I thought was that was weird that they fired Stump because he had a pretty good reputation and the running game up until this year has been great under Stefanski uh, with Stump there. Um, and then the Van Pelt thing is also weird. I, it's strange. I can't imagine you fire Van Pelt and go back to another puppet. No, but I also can't imagine the front of the Andrew Barrett was like, "All right, like you're done calling plays." <laughs> you know, the only thing I can think of with the offensive coordinators are going to bring in somebody close to Deshaun or some, you know, somebody who's worked with them before or something who's going to be. take that position and because they didn't get well the because best we, out know, of Deshaun, we know we yeah. know sure. uh, uh, Stefanski's offense doesn't quite mesh well with Deshaun right like he's, he's got he, a, a West Coast offense is all about timing and Deshaun likes to hold the ball and 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 survey the field I mean his offense looked great under Joe Flacco <laughs> Joe Flacco right. can a pocket, do a pocket passer that was tall and strong well that's what Joe Flacco that's his game though is he's very good at timing routes and throwing it into a window yep. whereas Deshaun's not that type of quarterback no Deshaun's a I'm gonna run around and make time let my receivers create, receivers create separation and make big plays right so and I'm not saying one of them is better than the other but Kevin Stefanski's coaching style fit Joe Flacco better. Is he going to bring in, to, to your your guys' mm-hmm. point, somebody that's not going to be a puppet, that's actually going to be more involved with the offense, that can coach Deshaun Watson and say, I, I can work with this style of play, and that's what the route they go. Um, I don't know the answer. I'm just, I mean, it's just a question. Well, time's going to tell, right, because they're going to hire somebody. The, wor- so. the, the bigger discussion, which we'll continue to have all offseason, is the, is, is the Nick Chubb conversation. Um, we all know that we're... Uh, for better or worse, we're, we're Nick, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be our quarterback. So here's the thing, and I don't want to we'll put a bow on it after this. It's very possible Nick Chubb comes back and is less effective after this injury. Yeah, he's sure. he, well, well he's, and that's going to be the year, argument, he's right? Another that's, year older, he's coming off a significant. That's going to be injury. the argument for the team to to restructure his contract to say you got to take less money because we there's a lot of I what ifs with n- you. I know that Nick Chubb is going to put the work in in the offseason and he's just going to be grinding, grinding, grinding to be as strong as he ever has been. But but it's just the reality of getting older in the NFL. I will say this, especially that position. I will say this. Uh, it, it, I know we keep going with it, and we were supposed to wrap it up. But it, if the Browns actually ask him to take mo- uh, less money, the Browns look like big dicks, <laughs> little dicks, man. <laughs> like they just—they just look like the biggest dicks in the world. Like you guys are assholes. You literally, this guy uh, had his leg turned ninety degrees sideways for you guys. Has done everything right for this city. Um, is literally the best role model you could possibly think of and you guys go and ask him to do this i mean maybe reworking his contract looks a little like deshaun's where you convert some of it to a bonus up still front. getting paid um and he keeps his cap number but um i just uh, it's all the pieces around it, it what make me suspect so yeah that's fair and that'll take us to the burning river sportscast dog of the week <laughs> oof, oof. Yeah. 
All right, so this week's Burning River Sportscast Dog of the Week is Jeremiah Wusa koromoa Nine Say tackles. Say that again. Jeremiah Wusa koromoa Oh, yeah. JOK had nine tackles, eight solo tackles, four tackles for loss. Now, on a day when most of the defense decided to stay home, JOK was one of the only guys that showed up. Uh, dude was everywhere and still making plays in the fourth quarter when the game was well out of hand. Um, I thought it was a fantastic cap to a career season for JOK. Um, obviously, you want the outcome of the game to be different, but he played his ass off. And he finished the season fourth in the in the NFL uh, in tackles for loss this year with 20. And he's a rising star, and I'm just really glad he's on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah. As far as somebody to be excited about next season, JOK is one of those guys. Yeah, I, I think what's really interesting about a guy like JOK is he's kind of leading the charge in um, changing that position. You know, for years we saw the prototypical linebackers, inside linebackers, is you know, you're stout, you're 6'2 or 6'3, 245, 260 pounds, big guys that can stop the run. Well, shit, JOK is like a glorified strong safety. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a way on the light side, um, he's a little bit longer. Um, he can play coverage, which in the, today's day and age is invaluable because there's so much passing in the league. Dude can read an uh, yeah. uh, offensive line and like what they're doing in the run game. Like but he's also else. plenty strong, and he's yeah. got great instincts and just absolutely will blow up a play in the backfield. Yeah, there was twice in this game where he was – it seemed like he was in the backfield before like the play even started. And I, mean, I was like, where, what shoot, the hell? Shooting the gap. I, like, even, the annou- even the announcers were like, yeah, he just beat that O-lineman. It reminded me of uh, Troy Palomalu is who it oh, reminded yeah. me of. I was like, we're the, that's a middle linebacker that just came in here. I was like, uh-uh. Right. <laughs> yeah, even like you say Troy Palomalu, even when he rushes the passer, you yeah. know, he's coming around the edge. Like, it, it is similar to that, and it, yeah. it looks and he's, great. He's, <laughs> you know, we say Brown he's on orange. the light side for a middle linebacker, but he's way bigger than Troy Palomalu <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. And he's coming at you at the same type of speed and things. So, I mean, it's scary. His Speed and his length, uh, his agility is incredible, but his strength too to just because it's not like he's just going back there and making ankle tackles. I mean, he's no. blowing up yeah. running backs that are two hundred and thirty pounds yep. um, at full speed and taking out taking big oh, quarterbacks yeah. down to the ground. Like this guy is an absolute stud. Um, I was worried about him at first when we when we p- 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 picked him up because. Because of his size, but he's proved me wrong every step of the way um, and is an absolute asset to this team. And, and to your point, on this day when nobody else showed up, this was the only guy that was out there flexing on after every play With going, his big, his trying to sleeves. do, doing everything he could to keep this defense in the game. Um, Can't do it alone, he though. just couldn't do it alone. Yep. Um, I will say this, too, as far as just uh, appreciation for JOK. I love that he wears like his the, the Native African um, <laughs> clothes like to each game. Like, it's just, I just find it so cool when they all like kind of do their own thing. It's different, that's for sure. Um, and, and some of those... Uh, so, uh, He's got a lot of different. He has a lot of style. Yeah, like this. You wear those at home. Like what's? <laughs> I, I don't know. He could. I mean, more power to him. You yeah, know? it's just it's just um, fun to see um, yeah. that he's bringing some of that culture to the team and into the rest of us here. So love JOK. Uh, but with that, let's take a quick trip around the NFL. <laughs> All right, so let's recap Super Wild Card Weekend. I hate that they call it Super Wild Card Weekend, by the way. That just started this year, I think. They call it Super Wild Card Weekend. It's always been Super Wild Card Weekend. Sure, it is. <laughs> uh, but anyways, let's start with the AFC. 
Miami versus Kansas City. Uh, Miami went in there. And I don't know if you guys uh, watched all the games or even part of all the games, but Miami went in there. They came out on the field early. They're like, cold doesn't bother us. Uh, well, <laughs> then they proceeded to get shit on 26 to 7. Uh, it was bad. Yeah, so like this was the only thing that kind of made me feel a little bit better. Not this game in particular, but just the fact that like other good teams there was blowouts left and right this bad week. Days. Yeah, um, some very good teams had bad days. This Miami team, and I know we've said that they've had trouble beating good teams during this season, but let's not forget like this team put up seventy once this year, <laughs> like seventy points in a season. I don't care who you are. If you put up 70 points, like your team is special. Yeah. Um, and they just got an absolute boat raced in Kansas City yeah. in the cold. It was bad. Um, not good at all. I mean, to the point where people are like. Boat racing, not where you want to be when it's cold like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were dog sledding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to the point that where there's like legitimate questions now all of a sudden about like, is two of the, the quarterback of the team? Oh, uh, no, I saw, I saw that. Uh, extension. Uh, what's his name? Uh, He's a pass leader. Their, their head season, coach, uh, Mike McDaniel. Uh, Mike McDaniel's had to come out and be like, uh, "Yeah, two was our guy going forward." <laughs> yeah, like people. He were, led the league in passing, right? I, he was I think close. So. Yeah. Um, I thought he was number the number one guy. He. Either way, I mean, it, he they did just, they have most yards. Yeah, you're right. Okay. They have, they got their asses beat in this one. Yeah, and it was bad. Um, it really, I don't think there was really any point in this uh, after uh, Kansas City got on the board that it was close. Um, I will say this, though. A lot of this game in particular, this was the Peacock game. Um, yeah. And so I watched a lot of this retroactively, and I watched um, just kind of the scores that went along because I refused to buy every streaming service known to man. And I know sure. you can do trials yeah. and your first month free and well, all this bullshit, but like... I was so hoping that this thing was going to be a dud for them because I'm just so sick of it. Like, at least like Amazon, like everybody has Amazon for shopping anyway. So if you wanted to give me a, a football game on Thursday night, it's great. But I'm just tired yeah, of like having 50% to have, of America has Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah, like I'm tired of having to have every app here's, here's, to watch my sports. Like Here's my only rebuttal to you. And this is what I told uh, uh, some people that were complaining to me about the, oh, well, it's only on Peacock. I have to... Okay, well, Peacock for a month is like fourteen ninety nine or whatever it is. I don't even think it's that. I think it's like nine ninety nine or something. That still beats your two hundred and thirty dollars a month that it is for cable. Not when I have eighteen services that are well, all fourteen ninety nine. Whose fault is that? Well, everybody that's playing games on all these different streaming. They services. aren't. There's, there's. So you get your whatever your normal service is for all of your games, and then you need if you have Amazon Prime, that's for your Thursday game, and then the only other one you needed was Peacock. There's no other. It's three for now. But yeah, for now. But I'm just saying. I'm just I also saying. need. I also need Apple TV to watch my baseball. How much games. do you pay for Spectrum? Valley. I'm calling Spectrum need, out right need, now. How much do you pay for Valley Spectrum? How much you Indians pay for Spectrum? Games. How much you pay for Spectrum? Um, well, I think if you start, to, if you look at it like side by side, I'm paying as much for my streaming services as I am for Spectrum. So you didn't answer my question. How much do you pay for Spectrum? All in. Yeah. Um, like two eighty a month, two eighty. So my setup. But that's also my internet and whatever bundled phone stuff that they give me. That's fine. So we go with my internet is eighty dollars a month. Uh, 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 YouTube TV is sixty five. Those are my two big ones, right? And that gets me all of the games minus minus the Peacock game. Um, Amazon Prime, like just about everybody else, um, I have through somebody else. And even if I don't, that's a yearly thing. So if you go by Whatever it is, I don't know what Amazon Prime costs because I don't pay for it. <laughs> I think it's like one forty. I just have access like through somebody else, and that's how most people do. <sighs> so that to me is a wash because most people have Amazon Prime through somebody else. Um, 
And then you add in Peacock, and I'm still at way less than $280 a month. All right, but here's my problem. Is it, and this is this is what my, my point was ultimately, is that Peacock, this was a huge success for. It was their number one streamed episode of anything all oh, year long. Because it's the NFL, of course it's it the is. NFL. <laughs> but that's the thing, it's like all of a sudden now, Everybody's going to want a piece. Everybody's going to want to be able to put an NFL game behind a paywall, and you're going to have to pay and it. And I will concede on the slippery slope uh, yeah. argument that, but at that point, I but feel it's like it's going to be just like cable. But at that point, I feel like the NFL ends up putting a stop to it because then you limit viewership. And that's one thing the NFL won't do is limit viewership. But it didn't. It was the biggest thing that they've streamed all year. <laughs> yeah, because they were the first ones to do it. I mean, like, so. do we get to a point where the Super Bowl is behind a paywall? I mean, probably. Let's be honest. I mean, I hate that. I agree with you. But at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, if I'm not paying for cable and I'm paying for these and it's like, less than I, I, I feel like I bought the stupid NFL ticket through YouTube so I could watch every NFL game, well, except for the one that's on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> Screw that you. sucks. Which, that, like, that, those are the things that I'm thinking that the NFL will end up correcting in the future is like, well, if you've already paid for NFL ticket, which is the NFL's thing, then you should have access to everything. You would think that, but you so, don't. We'll see. I mean, I agree, I, I agree with parts of your argument. I'm just saying, like, right now, before it's gotten out of control, uh, I thought it was uh, for, much ado about nothing. Advertiser revenue, I think, is too great for Super Bowl to go behind behind a wall. Maybe not. I, there's what, so you much You still get money. that revenue, and then people yeah, are but, paying the subscription services. I so. mean, what if it's like a UFC event, and it's like 85 bucks or 100 bucks? So Time, now I'm pissed time, off. Time, <laughs> yeah. Times 120 million viewers. What's that come out to? Like, six, every, 60 million households? Right, right. Even if you drop viewership by 10%, like now, like I agree with that part of it. Like You're still making a shit ton of money. Yeah, but think about how much you could do if you charge $100 for it. That's that's my point. Like If, if you charge for it, you drop 10%. Still making a ton. Yeah, you're of money. making more money than your ten percent viewership drop. That's for sure. Yeah. Imagine all know. the imagine all the bars and stuff that have all those stupid rules where they got to pay it. Listen, TV yeah. and all that. Listen, we're gonna save this because we have a lot to get to it around <laughs> the NFL. Um, the next matchup here was Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Uh, the Bills won this one easily, thirty-one seventeen. It's always good to watch the Steelers lose. Uh, but what I will say is, I found it kind of odd. And I'm, we're we're all Browns fans here. We love the Browns. We hate the Steelers, obviously. But Browns fans, what are you doing? Like rubbing it in Steelers' face, the Steelers' face that they lost thirty-one seventeen. Talking about how you guys got blown out. At least we're not Steeler, the Steelers. And this, like, uh, they scored more points than us, and they gave up less. The day after we got throttled. Yeah, like we <laughs> lost forty-five to fourteen. Yeah. Their game was close in comparison. <laughs> like, just just know when to keep your mouth shut. And against a team, and, accept- and against a team that was. Far better, far better than better. the one one that we played, yeah. yeah. So just, you know, I I hate the Steelers too. We all do. We hate the Steelers. But sometimes we as fans, um, even with that rivalry, need to know when, like, we're just being ignorant. <laughs> I was like, trying to explain to a small child this weekend about why we hate Pittsburgh. They don't understand. They don't understand. And I was like, the, the game was on, and I was like, do you see that guy right there? He's just like, there was a, a clip of the Steelers fan just, like, laying in the snow on the, on the stands in Buffalo, and I was like, that's why. Like, that guy's, look how dumb he looks. <laughs> He's just dumb. He doesn't get it. Uh, the innocence of children, they don't understand hating people for no reason. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but next up, uh, obviously Cleveland versus Houston. We know how that went. We don't need any more discussion on that one. No. So we'll take things over to the NFC side. Uh, Green Bay came out and destroyed Dallas in Dallas. Uh, they won that one 48 to 32. Uh, and your love affair is over, Kenny. My love affair is over. Um, uh, I know you, you like Dallas coming to this. You thought they were Super Bowl bound and going to win it all, but... And Green Bay put a stop to that. They go. Um, and this game was not as close as 48 <laughs> no. This game was also a I think there race. was more than one garbage touchdown scored by Dallas, wasn't there? Yeah, this game was, I mean, they they you know, put some points up towards the end of this game, but this game was an absolute shit show for Dallas. Yep. Um, you know, you know it's, Dallas is another one. It's kind of like, where do you go from here? Um, you know, they're talking about whether Mike McCarthy is the guy down there. I think he's going to be gone. Um I think he's gonna be gone. Yeah, it's tough to like. How do you how do you go, how do you part with the guy? There's that people. Wins 10 uh, we'll get to Bill Belichick here in a second, but there's people talking about Bill Belichick and uh, uh, possibly going down to Dallas, and I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. I don't. Him and Jerry Jones clashing for power. I don't. I don't see it because <laughs> Jerry Jones is the GM down there. So Jerry Jones is also a million years old. Might just be ready to. Maybe hand it, hand it over to a guy like Bill hand it over say. to another guy that's a million years old. <laughs> uh, you're less. You're a million years less than I am. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that game was was not even entertaining. The Green Bay just shit on them. Uh, I like the the meme that came out of the two kids sitting in the stands and the Green Bay the little kid Green Bay fan is cheering. Speaking of little kids not being able to hate people for no reason, <laughs> and the Dallas fan the little kid Dallas fan sitting right next to him was crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I think is interesting is like. Uh, Green Bay and Houston were the two teams that I was kind of coming into this playoffs. Like, I ain't worried about them. These two teams probably aren't going to do anything, and they were they the, both won. They were convincingly. the biggest winners of the weekend. Yep, uh, probably the most interesting game of the week: uh, the L.A. Rams versus Detroit Lions. Uh, that game was close. Uh, yeah. The Lions pulled this one out, twenty-four to twenty-three. Uh, your boy. The superior quarterback, Jared Goff, right. got the win in this one. Uh, and Matt Stafford was pretty uh, he was, he was pretty uh, sassy in his post-game press conference. I don't know if you saw. They asked him, they said, uh, you know, are you happy for the city? Are you happy that they got a win? And, and what, he said, I'm happy for the players. Yeah. Uh, yeah pretty pointed uh, uh, there's, thing. It, I, and there's the a lot part, of emotion there. Well, and the weird part was he came into the game kind of with the, like, yeah, I know I'm the bad guy. I left town, whatever. And... But and he just was like, yeah, I accept it. But then after the game, he was like, I hate these fans. <laughs> like, really, yeah. you both? It's it's an emotional time for sure. Um, they did just lose, and they so. just lost the playoff game. Yeah. So, um, but hey, good on Detroit. Um, you know, I think we're all looking forward. Congratulations, to Congratulations, Dad! Uh, first time my dad has seen a playoff win in quite some time. Yeah, so. I think we're all looking forward to Detroit making some kind of run here, just because they haven't. So. Super Bowl, Super Lions. <laughs> That'd be cool. Or something. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, next up, Philadelphia versus Tampa Bay. Uh, and I know you're going to have fun talking about this one because uh, your boy Baker Mayfield went in and uh, had a very good game. I think he had 300-plus yards, three touchdowns, I believe, no interceptions. Uh, and the Buccaneers won 32-9 to to bounce the Philadelphia Eagles, who Kenny's been telling us since, like, midseason that they've got a lot going on in their locker room, and nobody wanted to listen because they kept winning games. But Kenny's been telling everybody. He's been saying there's something going on in that locker room. Yeah, they've got some serious issues there. I mean, Sirianni's on the hot seat now all of a sudden. Um, you know, I mean, this is a guy that's just a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I mean, Jalen all the players Hurst, had to come out and be like, no, we want Nick Sirianni to stay. Like, Jalen Hurts just got paid in the offseason um, as much money as Philadelphia has. Like, they gave him well, everything they had. Did you see who was it? Uh, Goddard or whatever, their tight end, uh, was over there just, like, like giving him the business on the sideline. Like, yeah. like, like 
and he just sat there until he was just kind of like it was a weird look because usually in those things like both both players are heated and, and kind of like you know very competitive and they they want to argue their side of like what happened and, and Jalen Hurts just sat there and kind of smiled at him and it's almost like that I, you know I don't actually know what's going on there but the to me what it looked like and I guess this is a lot reading into it especially since I'm not a fan of the Eagles and I don't really know what's happening but I was just like that dude's like I just got paid, so I don't. I don't really care what you're bitching about. Like, <laughs> yeah. they pay me all the money for a like, reason. I'm gonna, so. I'm gonna fly home in, in my private jet with a hot tub in it. <laughs> right. Um, and, and you stay there uh, flying uh, peon, flying with spirit with peasant, a hole in yeah. your door. Um, so yeah, look, I just Philly. Philly is kind of a mess. I've uh, been hearing rumors all season long. Came to fruition in this playoff game. Um, to. to the contrary, I, I'm not like looking forward to talking about this because here's my thing. The more Baker plays well in these playoffs and the more Baker plays well and has a good career outside of Cleveland, the worse we look. Well, and, um, and yes. So, I, 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 look, I, I hope Baker does well, does well and has a great career. Fine, like, good for him. But he's not a Cleveland Brown anymore. Um, and I think it makes this front office look awful silly when you have a guy that we were like – so we can't wait to get rid of this guy because we just can't win with this guy. And he's out there leading a team that was expected to win four games this year because Tom Brady left them in cap hell with $80 million in dead money. Um, and they didn't think they could do anything. Um, and then they win in uh, their division. And all of a sudden you knock off a team that was a top seed um, or was expected to be a top seed in a, and was in the Super Bowl a year ago. Um and Baker played his ass off. Three touchdowns, no picks. He had a couple mm-hmm. balls to Mike Evans in that game that were absolute dimes that Mike Evans inexplicably dropped. I've, I've never seen Mike Evans just drop balls before. He dropped at least three. Two of them were sure touchdowns where he had his defensive uh, – like Baker could have thrown for 500 yards in this game if he caught those two balls yeah. because they were each 70-yard dimes. Um, and so I just – look, I – the 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 better that he keeps playing, I just think it's like, why couldn't you make that work here? Would you rather have the draft picks, the draft capital, not be in the cap situation that you're in and be able to keep guys like – it wouldn't be a question if you're keeping guys like Nick Chubb going into the season. And the guy clearly can win. He was winning in L.A. with with uh, Sean McVay after a day. And King Macon is winning 10 games here in Tampa Bay um, and is playing really, really well, through for 4,000 yards this year, 28 touchdowns. Um, he's – you know – I mean, how many quarterbacks have we started since Baker left here? Brissett, P.J. Walker, Deshaun. Five this year. I mean, <laughs> and, and it's almost like this this Baker curse hanging overhead. And you look at the guys that have won playoff games with multiple teams, it's a real short list. It's guys like Brett Favre. Um, I mean, screw it. I can't even think of the other ones right Peyton now. Peyton Brady. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like, yeah, like that's kind of the list. And Baker Mayfield's on that list now. So, like – there's, there's Matthew Stafford. There's a reason he was no, a first round. Stafford. He was a reason he was a first round draft pick, and like we couldn't figure out how to make it work here, and that's just disappointing. Yeah, and and I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, and I think just to to give my two cents on this, and then we'll kind of move on and speed through the rest of this because we spent a long time <laughs> on around the NFL. But uh, I think that not that it is any better for our front office. But I think for Baker's sake, all of that had to happen for him to be what he is now. Um, and again, that still that doesn't lessen the fact of of the Browns front office looking silly. But Baker had success here. He also was pretty garbage here. So when he was injured, yeah. 
either way. And he he had a, a questionable. I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm just saying. I think that he had a lot of growing up to do, and I think he did it because some things happened to him. So I mean, it seems like he's got a lot of friends still in that locker room. I mean, Nick Chubb was a huge fan. A baker, still a huge fan, and they say these guys in. I'm not in arguing. They love that. Has nothing to do with what I just said. I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I just, it's, it's just, it's bizarre to me. Um, yeah. When you have talent, said, you should be able to make talent yeah, work, it's, especially it's, when you invest a first round pick in it. Baker Mayfield's got two playoff wins since 1995. The Browns have one. Fair. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. It is what it is, but. Um, the weather this weekend was wacky in all these playoff games. Uh, Kansas City game was like, I don't know, negative 27 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Uh, and then the Buffalo game, obviously, there's a snowstorm. Uh, and it was the first time in history that the seating policy was done away with uh, for a game due to snow. So sit wherever you want. They literally let people sit wherever they want because there was so much snow. I mean, the they States. had people shoveling out there for $20 an hour all weekend long. And they still couldn't clear it. And they got to the point where they just said, don't even worry about the seats anymore. Just clear the walkways. Yep. <laughs> Uh, people were sliding down the the walkways uh, <laughs> to get get you know from their seats to where they're they're going out to the uh, terminals and stuff. And, and there is something to be said about like, um, like Buffalo scores a touchdown and you see everybody throwing snow in the air. Like that was it, cool. It was it was it's neat. Like yeah. when you talk about like dome versus doing open air in the playoffs and all the stuff. Like that's kind of a like I did silly. Like we don't want a dome because we wouldn't be able to throw snow in the air. But like. It. Where else do you see it? A little Lambo, maybe. I mean, yep. like uh, Kansas City. Like, there's just not that many places where something like that happens, and it was a really cool thing to watch. Yep, I agree. Uh, but I also want to retractable uh, roof here. That's where I'm going with. But, anyways, uh, the best part about this it's going to happen again this weekend. Yes, they're calling for <laughs> up to four feet of leg effect snow this weekend. So um, they said if the, if it misses, they might get one to three feet. Um, but there's huh. potential to, to basically there's going to be a lot of snow. That's so what we know. There's <laughs> going to be some more snow. I think what'll be interesting to see is uh, does this game get delayed again? Uh, oh, and that's my argument for all these teams are going to go to eventually going to go to some sort of roof, uh, whether it's retractable or not. They're going to go to some sort of roof because as we've gone on, the NFL uses the excuse of well, it's not safe for the fans, right? Um, which is probably there's it's probably not all an excuse. There's probably some truth to that. There's probably a lot of truth to that. But at the same time, like if we're just going to postpone every game where there's weather, like what's the point of being in open air then? Well, and if you're saying the game's not safe for fans, it's really not safe for players either. <laughs> True. I mean, yeah, we don't want people to be outside. The players that we pay, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's, like if the weather's not good enough for people to go to it, yeah, um, it's hard to. to so I, I do have think that employees go out there. How they've handled these games spells the end of open air stadiums uh, in the, in maybe not in the near future, but in the future, long term future, yeah, for sure. Um, so kind of speed through the rest of these around the NFL here. Uh, Tyler Higby tore his ACL in the Super Wild Card weekend matchup Wiggity. with the Lions. Uh, or more accurately, they tore his ACL. Just straight up snapped it. Uh, that one was was hard to watch. It was, it was rough. It was. He probably won't be back next year. Um, no, no, he will not be ready by the start of the season. Um, but this was just another um, check mark in a long line of NFL policy against head injuries and a defensive back that was forced to go on a bigger man. Uh, so, many people, so many people are calling it a dirty hit. Like not it, dirty it's just at all. A, it's just a hit. It's the only hit you can make on the guy like that. Yeah. If you go up and if you hit him in the chest, now you get fl- you know, flagged for. Uh, uh, you know where I can see this going because they because roughness. Or, I've heard all this talk roughness. about like a strike zone, right? Like like uh, where 
you have like you got a hip between tackling area, neck yeah. and, and knees or whatever it is, or, or uh, mid thigh or whatever it is. Yeah, saying okay, because neck, neck's too close to your head. All right, so shoulders and mid thigh, nipples to thighs. But again, like if you make this, how long before they start saying, well, now the runner can't lower his shoulder because you've got forty pounds on the DB that's trying to tackle you? Well, yeah, I mean, like Tyler Higby's a tight end. It's a big dude. Like yeah. if I, it's the only to, way they could they could have tackled him. If you're 180 pounds and you try and tackle. A guy that weighs two sixty in a sternum it ain't happening. What are you? You're just bouncing off of him. Like you are for sure getting injured. You look silly. <laughs> yeah, you're getting hurt. Yeah. You're you're making ESPN. That, well, that's my point. So how long before they outlaw yeah. lowering your shoulder as a runner? Mm-hmm. You're making um, ESPN's not top ten. Yeah, but anyways, uh, next up here, Caleb Williams officially declares for the draft, and then he. Uh, uh, very soon after that, decides to like a tweet that says the Bears should not draft him number one. So He wants no part of Chicago, and I don't blame him. Yeah, nobody should. Um, Jason Kelsey retires after 13 years in the NFL. Well, kind, kind of. of. Uh, he said today uh, that he'll make an announcement about his future when the time is right. However, he did tell all of his teammates that he was retiring. Uh, that leaked, and uh, he kind of mentioned it on their, their podcast as well. So... I mean, um, this was everybody. I mean, this was ABC, CBS. Yeah, he has a, it's not official, but it's official. So um, the wild thing, we talked about this before the show, uh, just off air, but the wildest thing about the Kelsey brothers in general is tra- Jason Kelsey is possibly the best center that's ever played. Uh, and I think it, True. anybody Mo- could make Mo- that Mo- Pro Bowls, Mo- All Pros. He's been a Pro Bowl almost every year he's been in the league. Um, um, I think he was injured in his second year of Philadelphia and has started every game since. So he holds the... Uh, Philadelphia's all-time consecutive starts record at 193 games, I think. Wow. Um, so, I mean, in the years where where Philly has had four different injuries across their offensive line, he's always the guy that's there to anchor it. Yep. And so Jason Kelsey, possibly the best center of all time. Travis Kelsey, for sure the best tight end of all time with his stats right now. Like, one, it's insane that both these guys come from Northeast Ohio. Two, it's insane that they're brothers. <laughs> like, how do you get so lucky as a family that they played in your college kids, together? <laughs> yeah, your kids are the best players in the history of the game at their positions. I was having this conversation with my wife uh, over the weekend again because she was saying, "Well, he's lucky that Taylor Swift dates him. He's probably a lot more famous now." And I was like, "This dude was already the <laughs> like the one of the top five players in the entire NFL. He's on every commercial on TV. He's at a reality TV show. Like, yeah, Taylor, I'm sure still ups his status some, but like, it's not like this everybody one, already knew this who he guy was, was yeah. unknown. He's it, one of the most it, handsome, uh, most successful NFL players on the planet. It ups his status with teenage girls, <laughs> right? 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 Uh, it's it, the only demographic." No take away from that. Like I'm not, I'm not Brett Favre sitting here who's saying like this is just a money grab for Taylor Swift. Like Brett Favre, you're kind of an idiot. She has way more money than Travis Kelsey will ever have. Uh, I mean, her latest tour has to have netted her. Like, she's close, close to billionaire. She's status, a billion. She's a, a billionaire. Yeah. Like I mean, Travis Kelsey can't even sniff her money. <laughs> like she throws it at him and says, <laughs> "Can you imagine just taking like stepping from everything? Just like can you imagine dating?" A girl like that, not even Taylor specifically, but just somebody that's like that talented that everything they touch turns to gold. No, it'd be wild. And that's they insane. just millions of dollars. Like, how do you even? That's why it was just the most asinine comment by you, by Brefar. But how do you even date that? Like, what do you even do? I don't, like, what do I bring to the table? <laughs> invite her. Invite her to the NFL games. You know, she gets to sit in the box. I get. I mean, that's maybe how Travis can get away with it. But like, if you're a normal dude, I'm, like, what do you do? I'm I'm not sure what to I'm do with my, hands, with my right hands, right hands right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just wild. But but yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that the the best center and the best tight end are brothers came from Northeast Ohio. 
Um, played on the same card. Like, all that stuff. It's just insane. And now they're dating Taylor Swift. Yeah, there you go. Uh, next up here, Najee Harris says that the Steelers need to have in-house changes and need more discipline. Uh, are they really going to be stupid enough to fire Mike Tomlin? Like, I hope they do. I really hope they do. Uh, but Mike Tomlin says he's coming back, so I don't really Yeah, know. he said he's coming back. I think that was in conjunction with a meeting with the Steelers' front office. He was kind of given the, the option. How do you fire him after this season? Their team was ass. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. made, he, they were, what, 10-7 and seven and made the playoffs? Like, mm-hmm. there's no way you fire him. And the only, probably, you still managed to make a 31-17 in a game when you didn't have T.J. Watt in the playoffs. No, like, and, like what? And, <laughs> and Mason Rudolph looked terrible. I kept wondering if he was going to pull Mason, but I was like, who do you pull him for? <laughs> um, I'm glad that, that that most of the Steelers fans have come off Tenny, uh, Kenny Pickett being the, the truth <laughs> MVP. Yeah, um, I would say Najee Harris needs to just go because he's ass. Yeah, after these comments, I was like, I would cut him tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just me. Um, coaching searches: uh, Bill Belichick interviews with the Falcons, and so does Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh also interviewed with the Chargers. Um, so let's start with Bill Belichick. Uh, how do you how do you think the fit is with the Falcons? Stay with me for a second. <laughs> oh Stay gosh, he's going to take us on a ride. Ooh. Let's go. Kevin Stefanski gets fired. Bill Belichick gets hired by the Browns. It comes full circle, baby. I, I, don't, love it. I don't think it's going to happen. Love it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to We just talked about Kevin Stefanski's probably going to win coach of the year. <laughs> like, this is not the year they're going to fire him. Uh, if it would have been after last year, I probably would have been with you. How many opportunities do you have a, a, to hire Bill Belichick in your life? Yeah, but then what and if we he, did it once and screwed up already? But what we if should he di- probably fix that mistake? We just talked about how old he is. What if he dies next year? What if he puts in place a succession plan? He's got kids. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his succession plan is Kevin Stefanski. <laughs> <laughs> when we come full circle. Let again. Kevin be his OC. Yeah, that's yeah, all that okay. Kevin wants no, to do, anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, look, I, for, for with the Falcons. Yeah, look, I, they don't have a quarterback, so it would it would be strange to me that Bill Belichick at this point in his career, this close. You would to think the, at this point in his career, he understands the value of a good quarterback. Yeah, I mean, this close to the all-time wins record, and just the fact that I, you know that all the word is on the street is like Bill Belichick is coming back with a vengeance, pissed off and angry, and wants to win. I have a hard time believing he's going to go to a. Falcons team with no quarterback. They do got Bajon Robinson. They do got Kyle Pitts. Drake they London. do have Drake London. Um, that defense is uh, probably overperformed this year, but needs some more pieces. Um, so I, it doesn't feel like the right fit for me, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean they do have some good young pieces, but I, I agree. I mean, I think that to me, I would think that the reason he takes this job is because that's probably the job where you can have full control. Right, you could be GM and coach. True, as and that's opposed, what he as likes to do. To somewhere like Dallas, yeah, where where you're gonna if if they do fire Mike McCarthy and and Dallas, if they were to this is all what if scenarios. If they were to bring in Bill Belichick, he got Bill Belichick fighting with Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones takes it doubles with uh, GM duties there as well as being the owner. So, like that's going to be a bit major power struggle. Whereas it's the Falcons possible. are like, yeah, it's go ahead. Possible though that he's looking at that division and saying. Is a weak division full control in a weak division. If I can get a quarterback here somehow, some way, I'm gonna be honest too. Everybody likes to talk about, uh, and I know Bill Belichick eats, breathes, sleeps football, whatever. Uh, everybody's talking about he's coming back with a vengeance, this, that, and the other thing. Bill Belichick's coming back so he could hold on long enough to get the wins record. Like as soon as he gets that wins record after that season, he's out. <laughs> I don't know what else you have to play. I mean, what do you what do you have to prove? You so, six so goals. to your point, though, being in a weak division, I think he's like, this is the quickest way that I can get to it and get out of here. That's possible. Um, so I don't know. I 
that's just me. Um, over to Jim Harbaugh, though. Uh, well, Bone, did you have anything about uh, Belichick? Do you have any input on, on how he'd fit in, in Atlanta? Well, my thought on, on him going to a team is he he wants to get that wins record. So maybe he takes a step back as far as GM duties and just like, hey, I'm going to be the, the coach, coach and yeah. I want this win record and I'll, I'll do my thing. You yeah. know, so it won't be an issue. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, on to Jim Harbaugh, though. Uh, like I said, he interviewed with the Chargers and the Falcons. So fun story about Jim Harbaugh here. Um, you know, we're Ohio State fans, so we obviously hate that team up north. Um, and they're obviously going through. They Sure, they just won a national championship. But how long before that gets stripped? <laughs> Probably not long. Um, they're under investigation right now. Uh, things are not looking good for them. And here's where, you know, all the, all the, uh, the maize and blue fans up there uh, like to sit here and say, oh, they didn't do anything. They're innocent. Da, 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 all this other stuff. Okay. Well, just so everybody knows, uh, Jim Harbaugh went in there and said, hey, I would like to restructure my contract. Okay, Jim, what do you want to do? I would like to add into my contract that you guys are not allowed to fire me with cause. I'll just let that sink in. He, he, he wanted to add into his contract that they could not fire him with cause. They told him no. Within three days, he interviewed with the Chargers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, innocent? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing is um, is strange to me. Uh, I do think that the NCAA, because they're just bastards, will probably do something about you know their wins or vacating their championship. Which um, I will even say, regardless of whether it's missing or not, they're just bastards. Yeah, I will say um, vacating wins and, and championships is kind of stupid to me because everybody knows you still won them. Yeah, like we all watched them beat Washington. Like that's not, not a real punishment. The real the punishment would be take away was. all their scholarships. So nobody can come here. <laughs> Yeah, well, that would just kill the whole program. That's the point, right? <laughs> um, over what is this science stealing? Like, like, this. yeah, but it, but it was kind of. I this is where it was. It's it becomes a legitimate integrity of the game thing because I know that a lot of people on it on different levels sign steal, but the the. The way that they went about it, 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 it harkens back to the Houston Astros, and I can't stand the Astros. Um, like they took it to a level that I it mean, Bill, Bill be Belichick's at. been accused of the same types of things: videotaping teams' practices and walkthroughs. And fair, um, you know, it's like if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, <laughs> fair, and I will say, like, like I said, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't care if they're going to vacate the the wins or not. That doesn't matter to me. Um, I still know that the the team up north won a championship well, I mean, this year, so I would prefer that they did, just so we can make fun of Michigan right, forever. Right, but right. Um, and, and they probably will because the NCAA does that sort of thing. Um, to me, the whole thing is just overblown, though. I think that everybody on some level is is cheating. Well, um, I just, yeah. My whole point is just, the, like, all these people that try and act like they didn't do anything. Like, no, they did something. They got caught. Yeah, they and, and got Jim caught. Har- sure. Jim Harbaugh knows it. And so he's like, I, I'm out of here. <laughs> they, I hate to say it. Like, they got caught. They went on, won all their games without Harbaugh. And then <laughs> right. won the championship regardless. Right. You know, yeah. it's like yeah, they still beat Ohio State. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. so uh, it is what it is. But I just thought it was funny that as soon as they told him, "No, you can't write into your contract that we can't fire you with cause," he said, "Okay, I'm going to the NFL. See ya." Yeah. You know, and it's and the timing's good for him too. The timing like, seems like I won a national championship. Him. Like, what else? Yeah, I mean, do? What else is he gonna do? He's he's brought that program back into the national spotlight, back to prominence. Um, certainly, Ohio State can't beat him right now, so that's not good. Yeah, let's um, not talk about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I think 
like these Harbaugh's, they win football games, man. They're good football coaches. Yeah. Uh, did um, you see what was the score of the national championship game? Uh, uh, whatever the score was, that's the score that every Harbaugh, uh, Jim, John, and their dad all won their first game as head coach by. Oh. Or their first championship. Score gummy. Their first first championship as head coach. That's the score they won it by. Score gummy. Um, but anyways. Uh, 34 next, to 13. That, that was the score. Um, next up here, Gerard Mayo is the new coach of the New England Patriots. Uh, and I know you said there was something about his contract. Yeah, I, I heard that there was a kicker in his contract when he went back to New England that uh, should Belichick leave for any reason, that he would be the be promoted essentially automatically to their head coach. I mean, talk about Which our, is why, because it was really fast. It was like uh, Belichick uh, rise as a uh, young and upcoming coach. Like he, dude, came out of nowhere like five years ago, and now all of a sudden he's a head coach in the NFL. Well, and I remember there was talk about him getting a head coaching gig, and then he went back to New England. So I think that was maybe the conversation was, hey, okay, Bill's, well I want this one. That's Bill's why I came. Seventy, here. you know, ish. We don't know how long he's going to be around. If you stick around here and, and do a good job, we'll put this in your contract and make you the next head coach. Fair. Um, and then next up here, um, I don't know if you guys, did you guys see the, the conversation between Jay Gruden and uh, RG3 on Twitter? Just little bits. Uh, I didn't see it. This was, this was pretty funny. So I'm going to read the tweets here uh, just because it made me laugh pretty hard. But um, And for context, this would be Jay Gruden. Uh, former, former coach, coach of, of the, the Washington of Commander Redskins. Washington football team commanders uh, <laughs> Redskins, yeah. When, when RG3 was a player there. Yes. Um so he was, Jay Gruden was tweeting while watching the Eagles game, and Jalen Hurts was getting absolutely pummeled in that game. Uh, and his tweet, Jay Gruden's tweet was, if I ever put a quarterback through what Philly is putting Jalen through, I apologize. Pick up a blitz. Uh, RG3, if you have the picture you can throw up here, if not, no, no problems there. But RG3. Uh, his leg and snapped into three No, he, he, <laughs> it was a picture of him looking into the camera with his glasses pulled down. like. Oh. And he said, say what? <laughs> and Jay Gruden came back at him and said, you weren't prepared, Robert, question uh, mark. To which RG3 sent another picture of him in his bucket hat, giving him the look like, you serious, bro? Uh, and he said, you told me you didn't know how to coach a QB who could throw and run like me. So looks like you weren't prepared, Jay. What does that mean you weren't prepared? They busted his leg. Yeah. Like, how can you get prepared for that? He he wasn't prepared for somebody to tackle his leg in half. I mean, they busted his leg, and Jay Gruden said, get back out there. He's like, <laughs> keep playing. Keep playing. Okay. Quarterback the draw. On the line. And then he broke it worse. <laughs> then he broke it worse. Yeah. What do you mean you weren't prepared? Uh, you were prepared to run on a yeah, broken so leg? It was just, just kind of one of those things. I was like, I'm going to get my popcorn ready. But then it kind of fizzled out after that. I was sad. I was like, I wish this would have kept going. Because RG3, RG3 since he's become it, a, an, uh, an on-air personality, yeah, like he gets after it on his socials he does he does some wacky things um and then finally to close out our trip around the nfl ryan shazier has filed for divorce after getting caught sending sexts <laughs> yeah this Ooh, was spicy look um you know i think ryan shazier for most of us has been kind of one of those like background hero guys you know obviously had the Ohio huge state guy injury sure he was a stealer and we hate that was, but he was an Ohio state guy and when he was and even when he was a stealer i mean you hate to he play him stud. he was an absolute he was very, monster he was phenomenal um great athlete really fast really strong um but had the horrible injury um 
told he was probably never going to walk again, kind of fought through all that, the rehab, and yep. has made tremendous strides to where he's able to kind of, you know, be ambulatory again, his foundation in Columbus, and I think he's expanding it to other areas to help spinal cord injury victims. Um, Still doing a lot of good work. And uh, so this was just kind of one of those stories that came across that. Um, like, Damn it, he's just a it degenerate. Was, it was a little bit degenerate because um, some of these uh, – tweets uh sex i guess were a little saucy um and he did it through, you told like, me some of the stuff like what, what, like, what did he um, say like rec- book recommendations <laughs> he did it through like imac or something so like his wife basically just like got on the computer and saw like the whole conversation it's like bad move um <laughs> but he's like yeah he's sending this chick um and she was a nice looking girl whatever but like you know you're married you can't play that game you wrote you're done um but he's sending her like uh book recommendation like actual books like it's 2024 like you just send a link or something like a webisode to an article like, i'm or... sending you an actual paperback book that i want you to go to amazon and buy and read go buy this the one was the uh Do... <laughs> women's guide to to anal sex and it was the second edition who makes second the second edition, edition? Nice. um he didn't want to send her the first edition he wanted to send her the second edition listen um, this one they made some improvements <laughs> yeah, we figured out how to do this better. Uh, the second one was a guide to giving your man a mind-blowing blowjob or something. Um, was that, that also? Was all, I think edition. that was the first edition. Oh, so that fair, was the original fair. copy. Original copy. Um, nice. But uh, he was, you know, playing just, like coy, like, oh, just some light reading for you. Uh, cheating in any form is uh, you're, you're a dirtbag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I even will, if you're an amazing spinal cord I will victim, say, yeah, survivor, yeah. and uh, yeah, you're a complete degenerate in your in your <laughs> personal life. Right. Uh, you can do a lot of great things for the community and, and be a good person that way, but in your personal life, you're a degenerate. Um, Ryan Shazier took it to another level. He's like, <laughs> not only am I de- a degenerate and I'm going to send you things uh, that I want you to try or do or whatever, I also want a book report on it. Uh, please read this, all 37 chapters, and get back to me with a four-page paper front and back, and I want to know exactly what you've learned, and we're going to try that next weekend. That's right. <laughs> and then I'm going to leave it here for my wife to read all of it. Yeah. I don't It's just <laughs> terrible. Uh, but that will conclude our trip around the NFL. Let me remind you to call the Burning River Sports Guest. All right. Don't forget to call and leave your hot takes on the Hot Take Outline. Remember, these are hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We want hot takes. We'll take we them all off-season long. Yeah, give us the hot takes. We know there's stuff coming up. Shit heats up in the off-season. People, speculation. Uh, Chubb, other players, Chubb. Deshaun, things you're hearing, things you're seeing. Uh, we want to hear from you. If anybody's talking about Chubb, you better not get in my face because I'll drop you, motherfucker. Wow. Uh, anyways, 330-227-8080. Call now. Operators are not standing by. We aren't standing by because it's an answer machine. We just, we just take it and put it on air. No one's there. All right, let's take a quick break and then get back here and talk about how the playoffs are shaking out for everyone else that are not the Cleveland Browns and preview the divisional round games. All right. Towpath Distillery. Towpath Distillery, an award-winning craft distillery located in Akron, Ohio. Towpath Distillery focuses on high-quality spirits carefully made in small batches. Towpath's lineup includes an ultra-smooth, award-winning premium vodka, a small batch silver rum made from the highest grade molasses, an American craft gin made with nine botanicals, and a blended straight bourbon made from corn and rye. Towpath Distillery, now available locally and in 46 states. Visit towpath-distillery.com to place your order online or find an OHLQ retailer near you. Towpath Distillery, handcrafted 
award-winning, small batch, local, and family-owned. All Cleveland Coffee. All Cleveland Coffee is a coffee company that launched earlier this year in Cleveland, as the name would suggest. Founded by Browns legend and Hall of Famer Joe Thomas and six-time heavyweight champion of the world in the UFC, Stipe Miocic, along with a team of several other brilliant Clevelanders. All Cleveland Coffee is on a mission to give one million meals back to the community through an official partnership with the Greater Cleveland Food Bank. How will they do this, you ask? Well, with every bag of beans purchased, three meals get donated to the food bank. It's an awesome idea. A bunch of great individuals were involved, and the result is the best coffee in Cleveland, bar none. It comes in three roasts, light, medium, and dark. The dark is what Joe Thomas enjoys every day. I, myself, and my co-host here, Kenny, are medium roast guys. All Cleveland Coffee. Visit all-cleveland.com today to order your coffee and donate a few meals in the process. All Cleveland Coffee. Ethically sourced, premium roasted, and three meals donated for every bag purchased. All right, so we know, we know, we do have one interview left in the Cleveland Browns Fan Crews Alumni Interview Series. We haven't been able to make it happen yet. We will make it happen. Oh, what? what is that? What is that, you say? Yeah. I can tell you what that is. What is it? That is the official signal to remind you that the Cleveland Browns Fan Crews is just 53 days away. That's right. March 11th, we set sail for five unforgettable days at sea with nearly 20 Cleveland Browns alumni. So many Browns alumni and hundreds of Cleveland Browns fans. It's going to be so much fun. Stops in, the in, in uh, what is it, Nassau and Jamaica. The Bahamas and Jamaica. It's, it's going to be great. Be great. Um, Nassau, for anybody who hasn't been, I'm telling you, the water there, you can, it doesn't matter how deep you are in it, you can see straight to the bottom. Hell yes. It's, it's amazing. There's uh, nothing better than seeing sharks in the ocean. <laughs> and Jamaica, Duns River Falls, one of those beautiful places on planet Earth. Uh, I absolutely can't wait. We're hosting. Um, we're we're uh, going to be part of hosting, emceeing the pool party on the opening day, part of emceeing the pool party on the closing day, uh, part of the event in the auditorium on day three. Uh, we'll also have our own beach cabana on the days that we're on the beaches. So, And we're going to host a dinner table every night for anybody that wants to say Dinner hey. table every night. We're going to be doing... Uh, you guys need to stay tuned on our socials because there's going to be tons of interviews we do with the alumni, with the fans on the cruise. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming out. Be it's going, having to be, some, going to be fun. Some beers, singing and dancing, some La Cucaracha. Bone might say some wild things. He's going to be drunk. He never know what Bone's going to say when you get him going. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I may uh, sit back a few cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like where you're going with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still hoping we get to run in uh, if Eric brings his uh, his... Signature oh. cigars. Maybe we can find the smoking signature cigars. The Isn't ship. somebody involved with? Uh, I don't know which one it was, but one of them's involved with like a like a liquor brand too. So uh, let's let's get it going. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they probably won't let them bring their own liquor on the board. Uh, maybe, but cigars they probably don't sell. They're they're former NFL players. You don't think they can get around that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that'll take 53 us 53 days away. 53 days. That'll take us to the NFL Divisional Round Preview. All right, so we're going to start with the AFC here. We've got Houston at Baltimore. Um... We're just going to go through this uh, real quick, guys. Uh, uh, do you guys have anything you want to say about the game before we, we get into our, our predictions? I'm uh, I'm interested to see how well 
uh, CJ Stroud does against Baltimore's defense. Why don't we just do our predictions? All right, that's fine. So uh, I mean, we'll we start. Give our two cents and then do our, our predictions. There we go. Kenny, what, what do you got in this game? Um, I actually like Houston in this game. Uh, they just beat the brakes off the Browns. CJ Stroud looked incredible. Baltimore's probably Baltimore's, rusty. Baltimore's got that time off, which I don't like, which was the one thing I didn't like about the Browns heading into that. They needed the time to get healthy, but it's a double-edged sword because I think that you lose some of the momentum from the regular season. And I think that's the situation like, where Baltimore, would they have been if they would have came into Cincinnati and and managed to make it through that game with no injuries and just beat the shit out of Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, and you came in hot. Or like even if this is, the records have been different and like you were trying to get in that week, like I just think that the momentum is so much different. Well, that's then. what Houston did. Houston came in and they were just coming off a big win to right. get into yeah. the playoffs. I mean, the anyways, emotion is different. So yeah. anyway, I think Baltimore loses that. Houston has that and they're coming off a huge win. CJ oh, looks exciting. great. Houston um, might become like the favorites after if they beat Baltimore. They're officially my dark horse now to kind of run through this thing. I I had zero faith in them when this thing started, but the way they played against our team and shut us down in every phase of the game, I don't see why they couldn't do the same. Uh, with, with the Browns being out, like obviously you don't want to root for anybody but the Browns, right. but uh, it's kind of hard not to root for CJ Stroud, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it, we're, I'm not anybody. I'm not anybody else's fan except for the Browns. But like, I root for a player. Like, and CJ is a good one, so I have yeah. no problem with him winning. So what's the score? And Houston's not a team that like is in the playoffs every year, so. No. Um, I think this is. I think this is certainly a battle. I think it comes down to whoever has the ball last, and uh, I think somehow Houston comes up with it, and it's thirty-one uh, twenty-eight. Yeah, I think it's going to be up there. Uh, Bone, what do you got in this one? I will go Baltimore. Yeah, close game. Um, thirty-one was in my head as well, but I'm going to go thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-one, Baltimore. Uh, I'm actually going to flip that prediction. I think it's also high scoring, and I'm going 33-31 Houston. Um, I also like what C.J. Stroud's been doing. It seems like he's unfazed by anything. Um, he's just he's he's uh, seasoned beyond his years. Like he just he just looks calm, cool, collected at all times on the football field. Well, I just think he has a permanent chip on his shoulder coming into this playoffs. Just going back to that Pat McAfee show when his interview with, with Oh, we him. don't have a chance. Well, we don't have a chance. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, like I'm about to show the whole world. And it was such a nonchalant, like like true to CJ Stroud answer. Like yeah. he's like, that's just how I live my life. Like you're, yep. you're going to give us no chance. That's when I'm going to be at my best. Right. Um, so yeah, I like Houston 33-31. <laughs> uh, next up for the AFC, uh, Kansas City at Buffalo in the Snow Bowl. Um, again, like you said, it's supposed to be like four feet of snow. <laughs> uh, so this thing's going to be wiggity wild. Um, I, I, I'll start this one. I like Buffalo in this. I think Kansas City, although they just they just beat up on uh, Miami, I think Buffalo hit their stride right at the right time this season. Uh, they've been playing very, very well. Uh, they managed to, even with all the weather this past week, score 31 points in that weather. Uh, I, I like Buffalo. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as we're used to with Buffalo, Kansas City. Um, and I finally, I think they finally get that chip off there. You know, you know, the, the, whatever you want to call it. They get, they get the monkey off their shoulder or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Monkey off their back. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, <laughs> but they've, they've lost to Kansas city twice in the playoffs. Um, and I think they finally get over the hump and they beat them. Uh, I'm going to go 20, 24, 21 Buffalo. Um, I'm going to follow it up with, uh, I ag- agree with you. Um, Buffalo lost twice to Kansas City in Kansas City. They're in Buffalo this time. I think you have home field advantage. The snow is going to be wiggity wild, um, but I think they're going to be just throwing snowballs all day there. I'm going to go 26-20 uh, Buffalo over Mahomes on the road. Bone, who you got? 
I'm going, uh, yeah, Buffalo home team, 35-27. Nice. I like it. Uh, take things over to the NFC. Uh, first up, we got Green Bay at San Francisco. Um, obviously, Green Bay is the hot team here. So uh, we'll start with Bone. Bone, Bone, who you got in this one? Ah, man, Long pause. I, I hate either either team. I do too. Uh, but I think San Fran's going to take it. Uh, I know Green Bay's playing well, but they're in San Francisco. San Fran's offense has been on fire. So San Francisco, let's say 38-25. Okay. Um, I'm going to go San Francisco as well. I think it's going to be closer. Uh, I think it's going to be lower scoring. Not low scoring, but lower scoring than what you had, Bone. Um, I'm going to go uh, 20... Let's go 25 to 21 uh, San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I haven't been a believer in San Francisco since the Browns beat them with P.J. Walker True. early in the season. <laughs> Um, I mean, to me, that just shows like anybody can beat you at any given time. Um, and Green Bay's the hot hand. I'll go Green Bay 31 20. Nice. Uh, not just beating them, beating them. Eat, like, they're beating them. Yeah. Green nice. Bay's hot. I like it. Fair. Um, and then finally, they're hot in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> finally, we've got Tampa Bay at Detroit. Um, Kenny, who you got in this one? I'm gonna go Detroit just because. Hell yes! I, I Baker needs to lose for so us to stop, stop talking looking about it. Bad. Yeah. Um, and um, look, I like the story. I like Jared Goff there. I like the fact that he's had a chance to, uh, just like Baker, kind of re uh, reset his career. Um, but uh, Detroit just and Tim has been there the last couple of years with Tom Brady. Uh, Detroit hasn't. So um, I'm listening. Hoping Detroit wins to put an end to the, the Baker madness. Um, and let's call it. Uh, 21-19. Bone, who you got? Yeah, story storybook finish. Detroit, uh, 29-19. to 19. Ooh, 29. A weird score. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Detroit as well. Uh, I've been saying it all along. My dad's a fan. Uh, he's kind of in the same boat as us, like one before I die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with Detroit in this. His dad's uh, probably closer than we are. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little bit. Um, so... I want them to continue to win here. I would love to see just because they've got such a similar fan base to ours too. Like it's it's that blue collar, like hardworking city uh, mentality. Midwest. Yeah, like I I just again I don't root for anybody but the Browns. Um, but it's just kind of that feel good story of of being a similar type of franchise to the Cleveland Browns. So um, I've got Detroit. I think they keep the magic going. Uh, I'm going to go twenty one twenty. It's going to be close. Ooh. Um, another one point victory by the Detroit Lions to move on to the NFC Championship game. So, um, thankfully for Tampa Bay, they don't have to play outside. As they're, that's they're, true. As Todd Bowles was asked uh, <laughs> this week how they were going to acclimate during practice to the said, cold weather in Detroit, and he said, "We're only going to be outside for twenty seconds from the bus to the stadium." I don't so. think there's any acclimation <laughs> necessary. Um, but with that, let me remind you to call the Burning River Sportscast hot take hotline. Call and leave your hot takes on the hot take on the hot take hotline. All off season long. There's gonna be a lot to talk about. We got oh, plenty of time. Uh, and a lot of time to talk about it. So remember these are hot takes. We want your hot takes. 330-227-8080. We want your hot takes. 330-227-8080. Call now. Operators are not standing by. They're never standing by. But you can say whatever you want. Never standing by. And be sure to check out our gear. www.thetappinmedia.com backslash shop. Click on show specific. Click on Burning River Sportscast. That's 
us, and that'll do it for us. What can we expect next week, Kenny? Next week, the offseason hell ride continues. Our normal schedule is out the window because it's the playoffs and the Browns are out. So we'll be following along until the playoffs uh, reach a Super Bowl and come to a conclusion. And uh, from there, we're actually looking at just a couple of weeks until the Browns fan cruise. So. Yeah, I think, I think last year after the Super Bowl, we cut it to uh, to bi-weekly yeah. uh, until, for the, the offseason. We'll probably run shows straight up through the fan cruise. And then we'll to, take our yearly break and, and get back into bi-weekly after that. Absolutely. So shows will be likely be a little bit lighter just with uh, less Browns to cover. But absolutely anything that happens, uh, news briefs, player acquisitions, coach signings, all will be covered here. Uh, We're here for it. With commentary to go. Um, and that's kind of our plan for now. Yeah, and so check us out on social media. Tappan Media is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Tappan Media. And Burning River Sportscast, that's this podcast. Yes. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Burning River Sportscast and on X at Burning River Pod. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Pocket Cast, Castro, Good Pod, Stitcher, and so many more. And you know what that takes us to, Kenny? X for days. I love facts for days, man. <laughs> we got some facts today. What do you got for me? We got five. Five? Wow. Five quick ones. What the hell is happening? Uh, you know, I just <laughs> was feeling down about the playoff loss. <laughs> so you got some extra facts for days. I spent some extra time reading facts this week. Hell yes. Well, um, give me the number one. Number one. You think you're special? No. When's, when was the last birthday? You were the last birthday. Me. Well, you're not special because you share your birthday with at least 9 million other people in the world. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> Nobody matters on that day but me. Nobody matters uh, because you share your birthday with literally millions of other people. I know at least one other your person that shares my birthday. is not special. Hmm. Yeah. She went to school with us. Uh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I kissed her in sixth grade. <laughs> Good job, buddy. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> the average American will eat just... 35,000 cookies in her lifetime. Oh, that's it? I feel like I'm way ahead of schedule. I'm way ahead of schedule. <laughs> you know, here's a fun fact for you to add to the facts for days. <laughs> okay. My family, when it comes holiday times at the end of the year, uh, they refer to me as Santa Claus because I eat so many cookies. <laughs> nice. So, I mean... Yeah, I would, did, I would agree with you. I'm ahead of schedule. Did you get confused? Matter of fact, my wife brought home Oreos today, and I think I ate like 14 of them. <laughs> it's not hard yet to sit down and eat a sleeve of Oreos. <laughs> yeah, it's always milk. bad. It's a big mistake bringing home Oreos to me because they will be gone in an evening. You know what, what my favorite cookie is right now is this Tate's Bake Shop in the little green bag. Oh, those like are good. Crunchy a little bit and dripping milk. milk. Mm. Bone, you got a favorite cookie right now? Uh, no. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> just any cookie? No. One of my yeah, favorite, I, like, just boxed cookies. Probably my favorite boxed cookie is Samoa's. I just, it's just Girl Scout cookies. So oh, yeah, I like Samoa's. Yeah. I like yeah. Samoa's. Mm. If you give me Samoa's, I'll literally eat like 14 boxes of Samoa's in an evening. I gotta find a Girl Scout. I, yeah. Wow, <laughs> oh, they're for sale everywhere right now. Girl Scouts are for sale everywhere right now? There's like competing Girl Scouts on uh, the whiteboard at work. Like, there's this. There's one kid's, you know, one one daughter and then one daughter, and they're like on other sides of the whiteboard. So it's like, who do you sign nice. up for? Send me nice. both. Yeah. Nice. Send me both. You know, uh, Bone uh, specializes in making uh, graphic scales, so he could, <laughs> he could probably make something. Number for three. <laughs> Uh, this one was fascinating. Sure. Uh, termites are very small. 
Small, yeah. See? They're small. The world's termite population outweighs <coughs> the entire human population what? by 10 times. What? 10 to 1. That's just termites. They're not even talking like ants. No, just termites. They weigh more than us. They weigh 10 times more. If you took all wow. the termites on the planet, put them on a scale, and all the humans on the planet, put them on a scale, <clears> they weigh 10 times as much as humans. It's a good thing insects can't, like, rise up and destroy us. Like, <laughs> just, I know I know this is a big hot topic with Bone. If you, if you could only harness the power, <laughs> the power of ants. Of ants. Yeah. yeah. Imagine it. Well, because I just said, there's way more ants than termites, I'm pretty sure. And uh, just imagine that. There's a lot of wood in the world, man. You know? Especially when you're talking to Bone. <laughs> uh, Number four. Uh, animals. I, I, this actually, I should look, was like, I should have known this, but it still was fascinating to me. Animals that lay eggs don't have belly buttons. Oh, incredible, because there's no... Ah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. That, it makes sense. It's, it's something you don't think about, no. but but you don't think sense. You think everything has a belly button. Yeah. Like, I have a belly button. I have a belly button. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number five, the final fact for days. <laughs> Let's hear it. The fake snow used in The Wizard of Oz was made 100%. Asbestos! <laughs> Asbestos. Hell yes! Ah. Yeah. I knew this one. I knew eventually I would know one of your facts for days. Uh, so, uh, that's not good. <laughs> uh, sound, you know what this sounds like, though? Sounds like a problem. And don't just be a part of the problem. Be the whole damn problem. And only you can prevent river fires. Burning River Sportscast! Burning River! Burning River Sportscast! Burning River! Burning River! The Browns are out of the playoffs. Uh, it feels bad. It's the worst. Why did bad. you do this to me? Why? 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 Do we got a sad song we can sing today to sing us out? Song, song. The blue. hello darkness my song, song in the south. Sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. That's a sad song? No. You just started saying song, song. Rainy days and Mondays always get me like down. It. And I've had a bad day. <laughs> Take a look around. This is a song. This is from America. I like that one. Nice. Who sings that? Is that a James Blunt song? James Blunt, yeah. Is that James Blunt? Is that yeah, James, James Blunt, Blunt yeah. Or is it one of those songs that sounds like James Bond? I don't it's know who James it is. Blunt. We're going to sound like idiots if not that's the James case. Blunt. It's not James Bond. <laughs> Burning, Burning River. Burning River. Browns lost the playoffs. Burning Rivers. Good night, Cleveland. Browns fan crews and a Burning River sports cast. What better combination could you possibly think of? Motorboat. You play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch. You old sailor, you. You know what I was thinking during that interview? What? What were you thinking? Nothing, because you don't have thoughts, because you're a brainless idiot. Wow. <laughs> my name is Utrid, son of Utrid. By the way, I want my foreskin back. <laughs> hey, it doesn't matter what you think. W- women's Guide to to Anal Sex, and it was the second edition. Who makes second the second edition? edition? Nice. Um, he didn't want to send her the first edition. He wanted to send her the second edition. Listen, um, this one they made some improvements. <laughs> yeah, we figured out how to do this better. The weather outside is weather. The other one, the finger, the finger eating food fingers. Yes. Uh, ejaculate all over my body and my genitals. Yes. Oh my god! My ass is full of shit! He's shit everywhere! Oh no! We suck again! What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? Goddamn jets. Um, all I do is win, win, win no matter what. I saw enough um, Joe Flacco hate like on on social media after this game. It's like if you're blaming Joe Flacco for this, like 
Did you not watch the first get, half? Get a life. Like you're not right. even, you're not even a football fan. You don't know dick about football. I mean, when I last year when I won and went home, you know, my wife's pants hit the ground. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Oh, wow. But damn. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Now, I think we've officially lost all of our more conservative viewers. Uh, so <laughs> I don't think they want to listen any longer. This is, this is just happened? It's Mother Nature. Where's Logo Girl when you need her? I desperately want to make love to this cheese we girl. We need cheese girl now. Go, go, Sanderson! Anderson. Who's canceled now? <laughs> Who's canceled Pro- now? Probably me. You making fun of fat people? <laughs> I'm not. Just you. We're a whole race, basically. <laughs> no way. You're just straight. Just finger bang their salad. <laughs> you first get shocked, and then you get the shocker. <laughs> Today's episode was brought to you by Topath Vodka. Topath Vodka, an award-winning, ultra-premium, extremely smooth, high-quality vodka. Six times distilled and made from Midwest corn and Ohio fruit. Clean and crisp, a truly high-quality spirit made right here in Northeast Ohio. Available locally in Northeast Ohio and online in 44 states. Topath Vodka. Hey, Browns fans. This is your chance to join the company of some of the Browns' all-time greats on the first-ever Browns fan cruise. Picture this. For five unforgettable days, you're sailing across the beautiful Caribbean Sea, reliving the Browns' greatest moments, getting autographs, snapping photos, and celebrating on the beach with your favorite Browns alumni, like Josh Cribbs, Webster Slaughter, Eric Metcalf, and a dozen others. Book now and take advantage of our easy, budget-friendly payment plans on this once-in-a-lifetime, all-inclusive cruise adventure. The clock's ticking, Browns fans. To book your cabin and for more information, visit brownsfancruise.com or call 216-284-6472 today. Browns Fan Cruise, where diehard fans and Browns alumni come together for the trip of a lifetime. Don't wait. Secure your spot today and go Browns!